This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. everybody welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover ayashimon yozakura family jujutsu kaisen dr stone my hero and one piece week to week back this week covering weekly shonen jump issue number 13 i'm your host eagle and i'm mellow yenis as you can see Knox is not here this week uh as you know as you, if you saw his announcement on Twitter, he just said, you know, has been having some health issues this week and having a really rough go at it. So he's sitting this one out. And uh, yeah, with all that said, as always, please take a look at that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the podcast, such as our Patreon or our online store. So... Also, while you're down there, slap a like on the video and find the timestamps that you can use to conveniently navigate through it and avoid spoilers for series that you are not caught up in. So yes, yes, yes. With all those words said, man, what a fantastic weekend, Joe. Yes, welcome, uh, welcome. It's a good one. It's it's a good one. Like I'm glad. It's a pity that Knox had to miss uh, a nice full week of like our jump lineup for mm-hmm. our regular show. Um, but you know what? He's getting stuff checked out and he'll be back to business pretty soon. I already know he's feeling a little better than he was the last couple days. So yeah, always on the mend. He's Here's on like, the mend. Yes, yes, yes. Can't well, keep him down, but yeah, Ayashimon. Without further ado, yeah, let's get right into it. The first chapter of the night here, chapter 13 of Ayashimon. I refuse to lose again. Uh, I, I really like this one. Uh, it was interesting because I'm really glad that, like, they revealed the name of, uh, Koton's, yes. like, yeah, Koton's, um, yokai, the Iten Momen. Um, it's really funny because it is literally a possessed flying sheet of cotton cloth <laughs> that flies through the sky and strangles people. And I'm like, really? His name's Katone, and he's cotton. He's literally cotton. And then I was like, oh, that makes sense. He's flying through the sky. His headband is impossibly long. Like, it makes sense. And I was like, I really do. And he had the unraveling like cloth arm that he grabbed. Mm -hmm. He's got everything under wraps. Uh, like a tiger dude. Um, I like Waku just being the, the, the fly, the burning wheel man. So he's pretty chill. I like that. Um, this is a cool classic shonen duel. I, I dig that. I'm glad that like Yashimon sort of had that baked in sort of premise to the story. I quite like that a lot. Um, yeah. 
but there's like little things that I thought were really um, valuable, like the ox cart fellow, um, the second, the guy with like the really long hair with the white hair and the studded like spiked jacket. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like easily interjecting because it, it's it's like Katone's gang feels like the leadership is like a little more even as opposed to like because like with a dopo okari the leadership is like really tight where like the decision making's right here and then everything else is like lower down whereas katone's gang feels more like this mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah where it's a little more like lateral because he's he's like the guy steps in like like it's a floor like tiered yeah and he steps in he's like yeah, he st- steps in, and he's like, hey, man, let's settle this the Yashiman way. I'll be the referee. We'll make the thing. This is pretty cool. And, like, the guy's declaring. It's not Katone declaring. Katone's just like, ah, I just want to do things. And so it's, like, it's it's the idea of, like, Katone being the captain and then this ox cart fellow being um, the uh, the lieutenant. And, like, a lieutenant's job is to make the captain's orders work, right? Like, that's the guy who, like, gives out... Like, Captain gives out a broad order, Lieutenant gives out the finer detail orders kind of thing. Like, in most regiments, that kind of stuff. Um, And they're just, I just love biker gangs. I think they're just, like, a really cool aesthetic and vibe, and they have a very interesting culture to go with them. Yeah. So, like, I was really happy to see this part. Like, what what do you like about this chapter, dude? I, I mean, my favorite part about this chapter, I guess, was also, you know, Cotone's, you know, the reveal of his yokai. And I'll also, I didn't really expect it to be Cotone versus um, Mauro here. I thought when the when the studded leather guy, jacket guy interjected that he was, um, I think Knox maybe, or you had speculated that it was going to be kind of Mauro versus his number two. Mm. You know, and so when this guy interjected, I was like, oh, shit, are we going to get that? But then he ended up being the referee. But, um, I mean, that's that's like lesser events, kind of. Yeah. I suppose my favorite thing about this chapter was... Sorry, I'm just looking at some of the choreography as I thumb through the chapter. But it was um, the fact that Looks like what's the fucking bitch dude's name? Ten. Yeah. Looks like ten is yeah, gonna ten. get you know some shine he's in this. Ass fight, beat. Well, no, no. I I hope he's he gets some shine. A little bit. I think I think he's gonna be good because like the thing about like the Tinjo Sagari, um, there is a um. That's tens yokai. There's there the, yeah. It's called the ceiling hanger. Yep. And they inhabit attics and stuff, and they they go upside down. They scare a lot of people. Um, But there is a colloquial expression during uh, old Japan called to show someone the ceiling, which translates into for causing trouble. So I think, and then I was looking in the background because like Ten was just like, oh, there's no ceiling, there's no ceiling. But like when they're announcing the duel... And, like, the the area that they're like, hey, you know, we're going to cover these distances. It's on page 
16. Okay. There's an overpass. Oh, yeah. And overpasses are technically a ceiling. <laughs> so I imagine that he's just going to go like... He's going to like get chased down by Waku, who's going to like start spinning, burning, and doing all this stuff. And then Tenja is going to like run to the like underneath the overpass... Waku's gonna chase down him. Tenjo is gonna like grab onto him and then teleport to the ceiling and just drop Waku. Oh, that'd be tight. Because yeah, that's what I, I mean, imagine he's gonna do. Like, whatever he's not tough. He's yeah. he's gonna do some cheap shit. Like, yeah. I would do that if I could teleport to ceilings. Right. Whatever way it plays out, though, I think I think it's really hype that Ten is getting kind of injected into this fight against one of the highest tier people of this biker gang that we're mm -hmm. getting from you know the um, I forget their name already. The Todoroki the Alliance. The Todoroki Alliance, yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, I think for him to pull out a W in this situation where he is in such, you know, at such a disadvantage in such an environment that is so, like, ill-suited to his abilities, mm -hmm. I think, you know, whatever way he does it, whether he does it kind of um, stealth, not stealth and guile, but uh, kind of... With cunning. Passively and cunningly, you know, leads Buddy to where he wants and, and, and enacts his plan. Or if he just straight up can maybe somehow pull the dub out. That's less mm -hmm. likely considering, you know, what, you know, what's stacked against him. He is kind of a bitch. And this dude seems like he's hard body as shit. Dude, he's a hard boiled motherfucker. Um, he's just like, Ugh. so I think you're, you're onto something with, you know, that like kind of chain of events that you laid out where he uses this chaos to kind of just run. Oh, 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 tit tat, lead him under the bridge and then use that to his advantage with his ability to kind of warp through it. So I think um however it plays out, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really hyped to see to hoping to see Ten gets a nice moment. He may he may just get his ass whooped. I mean, but like I'm glad that he kind of is, regardless whether or not he wins, I'm glad that he's getting involved because it's like he needs this foray into violence. Like he's part of the gang, right? But yes. he needs to do actual gang shit sometimes. Yeah. He needs to like really Stick his foot in it, you know. Exactly. Stick his foot in that it. Would pay, be big. pay his pound of flesh, you know. Yes, that's um, a good expression. He definitely needs to show that he's part of the gang for a reason, other than to just sit here and like simp and like go grab him coffees and stuff. Like, yeah, I think if he could get this W in a serious fight like this, that is as important that is as it is to the narrative as far as like them going along with um, Urara. I think, I yeah. think it would be massive for his character. I mean, so. Katone's big thing is like, oh, you guys are losers. You're weak. Mm. She doesn't need that. She can't be protected by you. Therefore, you're useless. Scram. Yeah. And so, like, they need to have these wins. Yeah. Um, I so. really like Katone's, like, masked form. Just very cool. I love that, like, his With leather jacket helmet, is shown. Yeah. It shows off his, whole, like, heart. Where his heart is, is an engine, mm. you know? He's got a heart that beats on five cylinders, baby. Like, he's got the V8 in his chest. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah, got, he's, he's got horsepower, like, going for a heart. And I like the little, like, subtle, like, devil horn for the visor. And I'm I didn't just, even, like... like I didn't even notice that low key that he had the engine for the heart. That's tight. I was like so focused on how cool the motorcycle mask was. 
Yeah. Like the motorcycle helmet with like the visor that's like the smoky kind of, yo, that shit is tight. Mm -hmm. He just looks so awesome. I mean, I'm looking at this spread on like 12 and 13 because you know that like his, 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 uh, each yep. moment thing is about like wrapped cloth. So like his whole helmet is literally wrapped cloth. Mm hmm built into that so i was like yeah. that's cool i like the layers and the textures that come into him like and like his legs and arms are all wrapped as well his yeah. hands are wrapped and i'm like that's that's pretty cool uh and he can probably like separate it all and he probably can just turn into a fucking sheet you know what i'm saying uh like, honestly totally I... like a ribbon sheet ribbon i think that might be one of the ways he's like getting a boost of speed is like he's like you know he's gonna like kick off and then the like the leg unravels a little bit and gives him like a little jump and snap yeah. you know to push off and like increase his speed and i feel like that's might be what he's doing or like he might doing like do jabs throw a jab and then it extends just like a little bit just like yeah. a little whip blast like a little towel whip you know kind On of thing some, like uh, a lot of sharp attacks there's a there's a character from another series who is it ed shot yeah, Ed Shots in uh, My Hero Academia. Uses the, the wind to his advantage as far as speed goes, like makes himself very little. Or is oh, that yeah, a different he character? definitely he reduces himself. Like, Ed Shot is like turns paper thin sometimes and can yes. fold himself in different ways. Yes. So, like, he might turn himself flat so that he can catch the wind and it'll push him away a certain way, or he'll turn sideways and let the wind pass through him. Ah, man, I thought there was another... I, that, that's not quite the application I was thinking of. I swear there's another character within anime and manga who was using a, an ability similar to this, at least in the functionality mm -hmm. that we're speculating on, where he turns himself into paper to use it as a speed boost. Hmm, you know, I don't know. It's not really ringing any bells, but... You know what? Smarter than one, brain, one head? Two heads. You know smarter than two heads? The comment section yes, so if you know. guys know what we're talking about please give us a check out if i haven't read the series i might give it a shot i'm always into new and new things yes um yeah this is a really cool intro stuff and uh Baruo, he's you know he's getting dragged a little bit but like on page 13 he's like it's not like the first time i've been hit by a car or whatever and i'm just like god this kid is suffered yeah, he's he's definitely been through some hard ass times, yo. And he, that's wild, man. Dude, the way I, he, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like the page turn from six, well, no, from seven on to like nine. Just those page turns were all like shit, ten even, eleven. Mm -hmm. Really? Wow. Page six on to the double spread, you know, twelve thirteen. Is are there, when those he pages slows are down long enough so, for them to even see him? Yeah, those pages are all so like just riveting. Like you're like, oh shit! From the point he stances up, he blitzes. You can see like the lightning effect. Morrow's mm -hmm. like, huh? Super reminiscent of uh, when Kaido did the first Thunder Bagua on Luffy. Like, that panel mm. on the top reminds me a lot of the panel of Luffy when that moment happened. Um, and then Ten he kind of, he kind so of like, barely gets out of 11. the way of it. Gets blasted back. Brr, brr, like, skipped like a rock. He's all fucking bloody. 
I don't know. Just I it, like I don't really know where I'm going with it. I just want I'm trying to convey how raw this like sequence of it's paneling was to a me. Huge scene, like the like little heat waves from when he's like skidding to a halt. The fact that like ten like with the angle of Maruo like just getting tossed aside, like ten looks even smaller from like the angle on like page eleven. You know when he's like big bro, and like his oh, hand yeah. he looks tiny. He looks absolutely tiny and then it's just like oh, the art is so good there's a lot of artistic like... touches that just like make this sequence of paneling like i said from page six on to the double spread reveal of the yokai ability and t- on 12 mm-hmm. and 13 it's just a super riveting sequence of panels that definitely pulls you into the story and then when they drop that reveal and that aesthetic of his yokai form Man, dude, I've, I'm, I love mm-hmm. Ayashimon, bro. I I really enjoy this. Like, I like the Mad Maxi armor that like Waku is kind of like you yeah. know sporting. It's got. I like that they gave like even within a biker Steam gang, like you vibes. know, they gave every single like captain like very distinctive, a unique aesthetic yeah. art, and I love that. Um, and then Maru's like just malevolent grin page 19 right before the chapter close like he's there and i i want to see him just like take the hit and grab onto katone and just hold on to him and pummel him you know like right. like drag him down to his levels like no you can't run away if you're fucking slow like i got you like if i got you i got you right like yeah he catches him and then just fucking like god bear hugs him like what's up you can't get away now and then that forces katone to like unravel Mm. and then maybe moreau grabs onto the unraveled part and wraps him around his fists and just like stretches him out Mm. (laughs) using his powers like give up i'll fucking rip you apart that'd be wild because like i feel like katone could easily unravel to like escape his grip initially and I feel like that would be a nice like back and forth. Yeah. Like Mauro. No, I think I think you you could definitely again have laid out a, a potentially very accurate maybe sequence of events for what happens here. As far mm. as a good counter to Cotone's ability. Because like you said, if he grabs him, he could just unravel, but then if he quick grabs one end and What's up now? Bah! And he just it around his hands. And like that'd be cool because then like Maybe he could use Katone's like unraveled form against Waku, and it just like wraps around. It's just like, because like, get off my guy. It turns him into like boxing gloves with like a rope in the middle, and he's just like, D, 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 D. Yeah, D. Like, oh, that'd be so. I was thinking of like a garrote, dude, where I was just like, get choke, get choke out Waku. Yeah, where it was like the fucking, he's got it wrapped around his fist with some hanging in the middle, and he can Mm -hmm. like box with it, and then also whip it around your shit real quick and choke you the fuck out. All the while, Katone's like arms have kind of like semi raveled back together and are like trying to pummel <laughs> Like, hey, quit doing that. If, just yo, a random boot to the face. And he's just like, nope, don't care. I'm still using you. So we're just gonna keep spitballing on this. Like, what if what, what if Cotone acknowledges him to the point? Like, if he could use him in a weaponized functionality like that, 
What if Cotone like acknowledged Mauro to the point where he's like, you know what? You're hard as fuck. You are hard as fuck. <laughs> We're about to protect my girl together. And he like continues going forward, letting him, you know, use him as a weaponized kind of augment to his fighting style. I mean, that would be really cool because like he I doubt needs... it'll happen, but who knows? That would be really interesting is the fact that like if he got that kind of level of like you know what I mean? Like, if he had, like, wraps around his thing, and he had demon power going yeah. with that, in addition to his massive strength. And he could just use Cotone, like, he doesn't even have to get anything too crazy, but, like, it would it, it would allow him to at least, like, whoosh, whip out, grab you with it on mm -hmm. some Black Whip shit, bring you in, and yeah. just deck your That ass. would be really cool. Because then he could, then he could just like, but then he didn't like have to do that thing. He's like, we challenge you to a 2v2. And it's like, mm. all right, cool. And then he and Katone just kind of combine forms. And they're like, wait, what? No, fuck. That would be yeah. so cool. Like I, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a duel to the death. There could be a point where like Waku or like is getting his ass handed to him or, um, Kotan's just like, you know what? You're hard as fuck. I give, I, you know what? I recognize you. I recognize you. We're not gonna kill you. Maybe Waku dies, you know? Yeah. Like, he's he, he's the sub second, he's the first team one sub captain. So it's like, eh, you know, he could die. He could die. It'd be good. Um, maybe Katone does. You never know. You cool. really never know with a series like this, especially because this is the author that Jigo Karaku, like, no one is safe. No one's safe. Well, <laughs> no one is safe. Mm, Nothing is sacred. I would um, argue that, like, the main three are safe. For the most yeah. part, I think. At least right now. Yeah. Maybe not 10. You never know. I don't know. 10. Maybe not 10. 10. 10's kind of weak. 10 seems like the throwaway character if there is one, you know? Aww. Like, the one that you're going to, like, make us care about for a little while and then just be like, yeah! Stab us in the heart with his death. I'll see you in 99 years, big brother. Oh. Yo, damn, that's fucked up. And then Maru goes through the, I have to avenge him. It's the shonen thing to do. Yeah. <sighs> and then he's like, I swear I'll live long enough to see you again. And we get that little scene of Maru, like, 140 years old. Like, it's me. And ten, 10 comes up like, what's up, man? He's like, you aged like shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> go get me my manga. <laughs> then, yeah, go give me my manga. Damn, that's crazy. I'm an old man. I can't get up easily. Go, go, go to my bookshelf, please. <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, 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 I'm on edge to see the application of Waku's like kind of abilities. Or more mm -hmm. of them. He hasn't even like he hasn't even really done like anything he, ability based. I feel like what he like... could do is like grab the gear that's on his like chest, pop it off, and then have it rung with flame and just like use it as like a punch weapon that's mm. burning, or like throw it like a chakram, you know? On some naja shit. Yeah. No, I mean, she she flies on the spinning wheel. She yeah, he's a he's a flaming wheel guy, so like he, I feel like he's gonna use that. I like I I kerfuffled myself on Naja's like Naja mm. is a boy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes, Naja is a boy. Yes, yes, yes. But he flies on the flaming wheels. He doesn't throw them. Mm. 
So yeah, I kinda, yeah, yeah. I kind of. Oh, the boy with the spear. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, I remember yes. that. That's that's like old school, like the enemy of the monkey king kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I associated it to the wheel thing you were talking about, um, mm -hmm. but I decided yeah. really, yeah, yeah. I think that might be technically more Chinese, but this one is he's uh the flaming wheel yokai for sure because yeah. it was confirmed. Like, it was it was announced, ago. yeah, what yokai mm -hmm. he is, but we just haven't seen. Which I appreciate because, like, as much as I love guessing, it's nice to have a little confirmation. It's nice to get uh, like true blue applications of the abilities and see how they work, you know, mm -hmm. what, what they're doing. Which did Kotone... I'm just excited to see how the the rest of the rounds of this fight go. Like, so Kotone's Kotone can... got some like really strong start yes he does he got a really strong start and so uh he can unravel himself to a length of about 10 meters it says which is uh, uh yeah about what like 30 feet for you know american conversion i think i think a meter is about three 10 feet. meters to feet is about 32 feet yes 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 okay so yeah about 30 feet you know so yeah like we said kind of a long skinny fly on the fucking wind ribbon type beat dude i'm waiting for him to like swing around by like the lamp pole like whip himself around wrap around the lamp pole and like swing around and like shorten his arms so that all of a sudden he like swings and then like the distance of him swinging around tightens so he can like do kind of like a like a pro wrestling bounce off the ropes kind of thing, but he Ray is the Mysterio rope. Six one nine, like you know. yeah. I, I imagine some stuff like that, or oh man, it's gonna be cool. Um, but other than that, I don't have I, yeah. too much on this chapter. It's pretty straightforward. I but I'm really digging it. Yeah, same. I mean, I'm I'm really loving this chapter. I'm excited to see where things go. I am like I'm excited to see Waku's ability, and I'm honestly still. You know, excited to see more of Kotone's abilities because we really have only seen him do the one just kind of split speed blitz technique. Um, so yeah, and I also want to see uh, Studded Jacket do some shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I want to see all these guys. I want to get to know these guys because the I, I mean I hope guy. they're I hope they're integral characters going forward because I've already come to love them and I want them to be part of the squad. Mm -hmm. or I want us to be part of their squad. However, it's going to work. You know what I'm saying? I, I want, want the merger to succeed. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah, I, I think that is about all I had for Ayashimon this week as well. Yeah. Um, I like that they do notice that, like, nobody actually knows what happened to Kyo. Oh, They're yes. like, yeah, everyone turned on each other. They're all suspicious of each other. Even, like, the happy-go-lucky Kotone is, like, really ragey and irritable and, like, doesn't really know what to do. But I do like that his second is, like, hey, man, don't snap. That's a bad habit. Like, you know what? Like, acknowledges, like, hey, you know, if we force this girl to join us, like, she's gonna run away for sure. Like, yeah, we can't contain someone like that, yeah. even if it's in their best interest, that kind of thing. And so I like that the second is... He got a cool head on his shoulder. This is the Draken um, to the Mikey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Draken, I like that. I like that. Draken's like, yo, Mikey, is. chill, bro. Chill, chill, don't snap, bro. Like, we got to think about this, bro. Think, think, think. Like, 
Think, Mikey, think. Yeah, no, I get that vibe too now. I like that. Or maybe like Chifuyu. Chifuyu, to be honest, probably, because Draken is a dumbass. You know, he's a dumbass fuck too sometimes. Are you telling me that Waku is Draken? No. <laughs> Waku? No. <laughs> nah, all Draken's got to be pretty. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Pretty poor, pretty boy, where your mama at? <laughs> Waku... What he's Baji. Waku's not hey. Baji. Waku's not Baji. This guy is. Cause he's strong as fuck, but he's got a level head. And Baki uh Baji was on some like mastermind shit, like subterfuge. He, he was like, playing yo, five dimensional chess someday. He was on Chisaki's heels, bro, playing five D chess. He set the whole scenario up like now we here. What's up? I got this pipe for you. But mm -hmm. I, I, I digress. No, getting, this is a really cool fight. I'm excited for this. Like, Todoroki Alliance has got a good show. I like on page three when Kotan is, like, starting to snap. Mm. His headband literally gets wrinkled like a furrowed brow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I even did. notice that. That's crazy. A little bit of like, like just visual that, foreshadowing good. to the ability. That's dude, nice, mm -hmm. nice, uh, nice spot. I definitely did not notice that. Or oh, I mean, I even I saw it obviously, one. but I didn't like interpret it in that way. So yeah, that was a nice spot. Even page one, you can see like the the like she doesn't need you losers anymore. Get lost. The bubble covers most of his like twin tail bandanas, and then lower in that page when he's like letting you vanish now would be spitting in the face of kyo's memory i can't do that um Wait. the little the 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 tails of his like bandana are like flying out and stretching out like really far distance so i love Wait, that it's all what page are, what page are we on page one. Oh, page one okay yeah no i was on page two yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like, the very subtle, like, the long lengths of stuff. And I'm just like, all right. The more it started happening, and once I hit the part where I was like, Eton moment, and I'm like, ah, mm. I like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Let's go Speed Racer, man. Yeah. That does it for Ayashimon this week. I think we've gotten, uh, you know, pretty much everything we can out of this discussion oh. here. What? One you thing. One more thing. Last thing. Uh, the super speed and the really long scarf for his like transformed bone reminds me of an old school series called Cyborg 009. Oh shit. I'm where it was all a bunch of robots and they all had special abilities, but there was Damn. one he had a neck scarf that was really long and he was super fucking fast. Damn, that's wild. I'm gonna have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, so that might be a reference. I don't know, but I like that. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, that'll do it for Ayashimon this week. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and go right into chapter 119 of Mission Yozakura Family, Mutsumi and Kyoichiro. In this chapter, oh. this chapter was gasoline, bro. Heavy. From start to finish, like. Heavy hitting. Um, like, even page one where Kyochiro's like, if I defeat them all, Mitsumi will be free of Subomi's curse. And even though he's, like, squinting like a mofo, he's got that, like, angle. It's like the Kubrick stare, but his eyes are closed. Mm -hmm. You know, that little fisheye lens when they're yeah. going crazy. Um, I dig it. And then 
I really like the interaction between Subomi and Momo. Yeah. Where she's like, are you afraid to lay a hand on your son? And then he's like, you all can carry out the rest. I'm done talking. Everything is for your sake, Lady Subomi. And she's like, eh, he's a fucker. Like, what an impertinent man acting like he's all that. Like, I'm the right. one that it, it turned him into a tree. Damn, that's um, wild. Yeah, she's like, I gave him the power, but he's acting like he just, he, yeah. He he gives off some big um, Grisha Jaeger vibes, you know. Dude, for real. It's just the it's, way he it's looks. It's the glasses and mustache. Yeah, and it is. He literally looks like an Attack on Titan villain. Like He does, you know, that's why. He straight up does. It's like, wow. But it's like, it's hard to tell if he is like regretful or remorseful about this at all. Because while, like, you assume. I mean. Yeah, he's leaving. He's been emotionless he wanna... most of the series. Yeah. You assume. You know, you want to assume some part of him, you know, leaves here because he doesn't want to see what's about to happen. Like whether, you know, he assumes Kyochiro is going to get killed. And so you'd like to think he's leaving because he doesn't want to see that. But at the same time, he's been, he's proven himself to be such, you know, an emotionless motherfucker and this cold calculated about that action, mm -hmm. about that business that he could just be like, all right, now we on to the next one. I'm you know, keeping pushing to the next mission. The next objective, you know, Kyoichiro's mm -hmm. out of there. Good, let's go. Oh, he Momo might be attacking the mansion. Actually, oh. he's like, well, I mean, Kyoichiro is one of the most dangerous of the family. Now that he's here, and he's definitely gonna lose to you guys. I can go attack the family and bring Matsumi to you. You gotta worry that about kind of thing. Time, I feel though. like that's gonna. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be going on. Um, and then I really like this subtle thing on, like, page three and four. I, I didn't really mention it in the last chapter, but I like how these branches that are growing out of Subomi and the founders remind me of devil horns, like oni horns. Yeah. And um, I like that. That's a nice touch. I think that's, you know, a bit of an homage to... Jigo Karaku, obviously, you know, with the mm -hmm. with the aesthetic of like the Tao. Um, I mean, what what would it was like? They were overwhelmed with the Tao inside of them, and they would turn into the like tree blooms or whatever, like the tree creatures. And they would have these flowers growing out of them. I think you know this aesthetic is is kind of a bit of an homage to that. Nice and, nod, yeah. yeah, and and the squad overall definitely gives me. Um, Big, and era. big vibes from just similar vibes of the uh what was the main squad of the like the main antagonist squad of the tau beings uh that's a good question i haven't really i've only just started the series to be honest yeah people know what i'm talking about this squad reminds me a lot of that squad in jiko karaku the antagonist squad um of the you know invincible regenerating you know flower beings so yeah i think this is this is definitely a nod and an homage to that as, as far as the aesthetic goes of the characters and like kind of the branch like you mentioned Ooh, that man. was a little bit tangential you know but, but yes i mean i think it's still pertinent and like the next following that in like page five to a good chunk of this chapter to be honest um they dedicated 10 whole pages to like 
Mitsumi and Kyochiro and like how they first came to start interacting and how like their family was like this huge window on like their mom like the mom is almost never mentioned yeah and it was it was cool to see this fleshed out like their bond you know how he was essentially kind of her rock and her shoulder to cry on and and the one person she could kind of show that soft side to when she had to like transition from just that youngest Mm -hmm. daughter who just lost her mother like and now now it's business like now i'm the head of the yozakura family like from day one like she's dead now you got paperwork what's up like you got you got all these transfer forms you know what I'm saying you taking you taking hold of all these accounts. You got to get in touch with all our contacts. Let them know what's good. I'm working with you now. You ain't about to. You know what I'm saying pricing stays the same type shit. Like it's business right away. And so, yeah. for her to be able to come to him and have that that rock and that shoulder to cry on in in that situation, knowing how she might feel from the perspective of somebody who you know lost a parent at a young age. Um, super good super good man i i love that part like the part where she's cracking up is like every last part without a hitch i can't keep crying i have to be able to wipe these tears away like now that the family's gone you know i need to you protect me so i need to protect everyone because i'm the head of the yozakura family and then kuichiro is like i felt ashamed of myself I, I, you know, I only saw her through the view of, like, a protective older brother. I didn't, like, recognize the hurt and the strength that she was going through and was had within herself. And, like, I love that part because, like, he really does acknowledge her in that sense. Yes. Even though he's, like, an extremely overbearing, overprotective brother. Like, that's been his shtick, like, the entire series. Um... And the way that segues into his <clears throat> dialogue at the end of the chapter where he's just like, I don't need to be a protector. Like, I don't need to be an overbearing, you know, overprotected mm-hmm. little brother. Like, she's got Tayo now. All I need to be for her is a fang, a claw, a sharp blade. You know what I'm saying? I need to be the finest, sharpest, mm-hmm. most deadly blade of the Yozakura family, bro. Oh, <sighs> man. And then, like, I really love the part where, like, they're playing Pat's cradle, and when he's preparing his ultimate attack, he has the cat's cradle prepped mm-hmm. on page 16 with the X slash, and then <coughs> one of the diagonal cross threads cuts through one of the uh, root revived members. And I like how it cuts through their face and, like, causes their bangs <coughs> to fall apart. And they're just realizing they've been struck. Yeah. He has the cat's cradle and like right there that page turn is just like mm. moments like that are definitely always gas when you got page turns into characters sliced up. Oh, dude, that's always gasoline. I wonder how many he actually takes down, if at all. Like, does he take them down, but like does Subomi revive them? Or what and i know we went on about this at length in the previous episode but like what's going to happen to him i'm deadly curious i y'all already know my theories um yeah i'm just curious 
I mean, I think um, ultimately is this defeat for Kyochiro? I I think so because like this, it seems tight. Like it's you want to think like, yeah, this is badass. Oh, Kyochiro, mm, ah, but in a way, like for him to just beat the whole antagonist squad right now yeah. seems a little anticlimactic as far as like the grand scheme of things goes when you're kind of looking at it from a a bird's eye view you're going like this can't mm-hmm. be how the arc ends right <laughs> with all like the yeah. build up and shit and then all of a sudden Kyoichiro's just like fuck it <laughs> on some moderate shit just bodies all of them like nah it would seem a little jarring I think I think it would be I I think at I think that something there's gonna be like maybe like a sort of middle ground where he because like they can't regenerate using the summoning stuff because he's got the like laced wires right so what if he fucks up like one or two of them and one of them has been basically mulched and they're like well we could turn you into the replacement and so he's like a, the the next root host, mm-hmm. but he's taken out of the game, effectively kept unconscious, kept restrained. Oh yeah. So yeah. give the roots time to grow into his system, that mm. kind of thing. I think like um, no, with ahead, Mitsumi, sorry. it takes a lot of time. Like Mitsumi's transformation and the way she's been affected by Subomi, it's taking a long time. So I feel like it's not a sudden transformation, depending on who you are. That could be something like a a grayscale arc. You know what I'm saying? We get mm-hmm. Kyoichiro like infected with the roots, but he's like hiding it, doesn't want to like reveal it because he's trying to continue working for the family. And then like they gotta lock him up in like an incubation chamber until they figure out how to stop it or some shit. Like put him in a in a medically Ooh. induced coma. Or um, I think you or Knox were speculating in one of the previous segments that like if anybody were to find him, it might be, it might make the most sense for Tayo to be the one. So mm. I think to really like put a bow on this flashback and this fleshing out of the bond that we got between Kyoichiro and Mutsumi, I mm-hmm. think maybe for Mutsumi and Tayo to like as cheesy as it sounds and as shown and as it sounds, maybe come in at the last minute and kind of just force a draw in a way, you know, where like, they're like, oh man, okay, we, you know, we gotta just pull back from this. Like, Kyoichiro's fucked up. We, we, you know, we took him out of the game for a little bit, seriously injured him. And like, they can come up, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Mutsumi can have some meaningful like dialogue with Kyoichiro, like about how, about how he is her rock. And she needs him in, in, you know, to not make stupid decisions like this because she needs him around. Um, Ooh. Uh, and then he's put into, like, a medically conduced coma to, like, recover. Yeah. He's gone for, like, an arc or two. Um, and he might be, like, before he, like, succumbs to unconsciousness, like, when, t- like, the gang comes to save him, he might just be like acknowledge Tayo, acknowledge Tayo, and like really pass on the baton of like it's like she doesn't need a knight, she's strong enough, but please be her blade, be her, yeah, because I can't do it. Oh, mm. mm. yeah, that'd be fire, that'd be fire. Oh. 
Yeah, dude. I got chills just thinking about it. Kokushi oh, Black Thread, man. Oh my god. That was so cool. I, I love, like, I've loved this style of attack and aesthetic ever since, like, Walter C. Dornez a la Helsing was mm. popping off and, like, <laughs> stomping dudes. It, it was such a cool aesthetic. I was like, I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I like that this is in here, too. Like, the fact that he's kind of, like, this uptight, formal attire only kind of guy is, like, a nice little touch to that. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. You, you read Helsing. You read Helsing a lot. Dude, we need to get the Kyoichi Row open eye full tilt panel. Like, yo. It has to happen soon. It has oh, to. on, bro. Like, what I if need it, it. What if it happens if it is a true red flag it's like the plus ultra if it, it what what if it's like the only time we see his eyes open is when he's acknowledging tayo and like telling mitsumi goodbye and then you see the light fade from his eyes and he's gone bro stop no God yes. damn it, dude. Feel no, dude. Tragedy. I feast upon it. <laughs> that sounds like Tragedy. too good not to happen. Mm -hmm. Yo, God damn it, dude. I live off suffering. This is this We're is literally going to get the Kyoichiro open eye panel as he breathes his last breath. He's going to open his eyes and look at Tile and say, like, I'm passing you the torch. You need to be her blade. A blade sharper and finer than no other and like yeah mutsumi i love you fam. i've always been proud I of love you. you i've always been proud of all of you oh my god no i no, could have a better family i wanted I it to be like out. the plus oh. ultra moment where he's in this fight and like they're pushing him to his limit and he's like yeah, like comes out with the full oh man no. and i'm here what just like just, yes what if everything went poorly what you just yeah. proposed like yeah that sounds too good not to be what happens bro like that just sounds so slap this is the difference between me and eagle he's an optimist i'm a pessimist i swear dude <laughs> yo that's funny uh, as fuck. but that's it for me for this chapter yeah it's i think that's um i think that's about all i had for this chapter as well just Another incredible chapter of Yozakura Family, man. Kyoichiro doing his thing right now. Fucking Yuji Kaku doing his goddamn thing right now. Oh, no, it's not even Yuji Kaku. I'm bugging. It's Hitsu... Hitsu... <laughs> Dude, yeah, you got those towel references. Yeah, no, those towel references, yeah. Yeah, um, I love this little bit on page 8, the really tiny details of reading the book called Momotaro without honor or humanity and I like how they're just like we want some pro-assassination zero feel-good stories to raise our kids to have the proper mindset to be cold-blooded ruthless killers these guys because really Momotaro is all about friendship and like honor and like an honorable little warrior who fed stray animals and they dead pledged their loyalty to him so that they could fight Onis and stuff yeah um and then I love that he used his um, wires to help Mitsumi build a tower, even though it shouldn't have been able to stand. And oh, I think yeah. it's the cutest thing ever. I thought it was adorable. Um, I just wanted people to look at it and gaze at it and be like, ah, oh, that's so cute. Hell yeah. Man, I can't believe that I just like absolutely disrespected Hitsui Gondaira like that. Hitsui Gondaira <laughs> doing their thing, 
these guys like reminded me so much of the Tao squad that I like legit somehow convinced myself also I guess that this was Yuji Kaku's like, right manga. <laughs> We're also doing Yuji back to back. Like it's just like, yeah, I get it. Dude. There's so many names that we have in our heads. It's like I cross wires all the goddamn time. Oh, dude, I just can't, yeah, I can't even believe it. But I digress. Incredible chapter of the Yozakura family. Can't wait for the next one. Can't wait to see like how this Kyoichiro mini arc wraps up. And like, yeah, dude, I mean, it, it's got to be the, it's got to be the death. It's got to be, be, just be like, when you think about like in hindsight, yeah, just all these, into despair. All, the, all the chapters, all the chapters that we got before, like of his, you know, the four or five straight chapters we got that there was him, like the family chapters, boom, boom, boom. And now like mm -hmm. this shit, the fucking Mutsumi flashback, man, it's tough. With the mom. It's like mm, foreshadowing Bambi moment, you know. Oh. With, the <laughs> with the mom. I'm Terrible. Dead. Well, that'll do it for this week um, of Yozakura Family, I believe. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 176 of Jujutsu Kassen. The mm -hmm. Oh, man, I scrolled off the title page. Uh, Sendai Colony Part 3. Pretty easy. Um, cool cover page of Takako Udo. Dude, all, uh, she's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. What a gorgeous character. And yeah. like, it's crazy to me because like everyone's like, oh, it's super fan service -y. Of course you like it. I genuinely mostly hate fan service. So like the fact that they created a character that is like titillating enough to like be clad in literal sky and wear invisible clothes is like kind of fresh kind of new i like that um i dig it i dig the aesthetic um but like i love the the pose on page one just a very very classy like magazine model kind of stuff uh, uh, yeah it's definitely um She's very elegant and very, mm -hmm. you know, um, imposing at the same time, which is a, is mm -hmm. a cool combination to see in a character. So, um, basically just starts, she's right at fucking, um, Utah's fucking neck right here, just off the jump. She's like, mm, ah, ah, it's hands. We're on that action. So like we get some really cool choreography and just like fighting in these first, you know, few pages of the chapter. Um, does an ability to Utah where like she can also make your abilities like go limp and which um, which is a weird application when you think about that she can make the sky a surface, right? You know, it remind you know, I mentioned it last time where I was like maybe her ability is a little bit like, you know, where you have the blanket and you put the egg at the center and you touch the blanket to one side and that's how you create the warping. That kind of thinking still applies. But you can even see because like you see her a fist flying at him, page two, page three, you see her grab a little bit of the space and pull it forward so that stretches fist... his arm out and then it No, no. The panel prior, she pulls on the the area to pull it closer. So that her fist closes the distance all of a sudden. So that, like, she basically pulls him closer to her fist. And then 
takes warps the space around his fist and manipulates his arm so that it doesn't hit her and then she turns around and does like a little backspin yeah i think i think yeah i think you're right on that call like she kind of pulls him closer to um close that little bit of distance quicker with her fist yeah um on some Shen shit, we speculate, right? Yeah. Where you were speculating on an undead unluck that Shen might be able to kind of do a a spirit one inch punch now with Uma Ghost, where he'll he could extend his ethereal form, you know, a certain a certain you know distance past the end of his limb to get that little bit of extra distance. Um, yeah, but, but she's yeah, then she she like grabs the fucking space. She grabs the like air right that. in front of his arm and like pulls it, stretches it. And that's why it kind of like goes all limp and shit. And he's like, the shape of my arm changed. Man, yeah. Okay, it makes more sense now that we've that we've kind of went over it a little bit. Yeah, and and I didn't mm-hmm. quite notice the the paneling before. So yeah, dude, I love the fact that she used that like space shortening to like yank him closer yeah. to her fist, and then yanks fully. And then she does the wind back and elbows Buddy in the fucking chin. Yeah, like, she does hit the. She's brutal. Nah, she, she's not getting up in his distance. Efficient. She's efficient she's, in combat. She's an assassin. Like yeah. she's an assassin of old, so like it makes sense. Um, she's not wasting. And then a she starts talking about like. She can't. Uh, she can control space, but it can't actually crush her opponent. Like how a lens creates distortion, and she says, "I treat the sky as a surface." Ra- does the optical illusion wrapping up the thing, and then she says, "Come on, attack already." I had the pretty lengthy discussion with one of the members in our Discord about how it was literally just a warp thing she can warp attacks she can warp attacks but she can't attack something that's warped because it's her also her defense if she's warped because the space is being affected right sorry i think you kind of froze up there for me for a second just go go back about a sentence or two yeah so i i argued that while she's manipulating a space and warping something not like teleporting but like warping like a lens like while a space is warped it can't be physically affected Mm. by anything and that's her defense and she applies that defense to different parts of the enemy to render their attacks useless but she still can't attack those things otherwise her defense would be permeable Hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, she uses her defense offensively, Mm -hmm. but she's only attacking with non-warped parts, at non-warped parts. Yes. Because those are the only things that can be affected. Yes. Because anything warped is unaffectable. Other than her own technique. Seems like it tracks. Seems like, you know, until we get it, like, explicitly confirmed or denied, you know, whatever whatever is actually happening, like, we did get a kind of a surface-level explanation on the ability. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we'll get a more nuanced and deeply kind of intricate explanation of how things are working here in, a, in either a chapter or two when this wraps up. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure how she affected, like, the explosions. Um, 
maybe she does that thing where like you know when you have like a long blanket and there's like wrinkles in it and you want to reset it you just kind of whip it up and down and it does that maybe she like warped like two line like does the whip for the blanket but it's the ground and she warps like two stretches of things going out from her hands and that middle part is the part that blows up because it is not warped it's a physical thing and suddenly it's t 10 feet in the air hmm so i don't know exactly think... but at least it seems like she can't hurt a living thing with the warp so with her sky surface manipulation it looks like she warps to a completely different location um she basically wraps herself up in like like a burrito blanket and then reappears other places yeah like because like, her and Yuta were throwing object. hands like they were close yeah, to each the other the sky is one object and the sky is massive yeah. so i love that about our ability it's very fluid um it's a really cool ability because it's so like reactive like it's a great reactive ability but her like innate deadliness is what keeps her in the game you know like her physical ability her physical like assassination techniques are what keeps her like deadly viable but she has an impressive amount of defensive ability and like a stupid amount of mobility maybe the teleportation ability is like a very specific application of it where she has so. to treat it like the top and bottom of a surface or like the one side to mm -hmm. another because when she initially teleported to yuta uh right after he defeated kudorushi um we saw that panel after the panel of her like in his face as soon as he beat him um mm -hmm. the the very I mean, last it's... panel of the chapter was a as it was a panel of the sky cracked so if you think mm -hmm. about like a hard surface with a crack running all the way through it that's the one way where say like a liquid if it seeps into that crack can get from one side of that surface to the other very very quickly so it maybe that's that functionality where like... she can teleport if she just cracks the thing and then she can only move straight to the other side of that said surface the crack might actually be like a pinch a crease right like if you have you take like a penny right mm -hmm. and you put it right here that could be the crack where she has been swallowed up by the surface and then she gets spit out a different part of the surface because it's like the egg in the blanket teleportation kind of idea hmm. so i think that the crack is actually like the butt end of the crease uh, that she has like rolled herself into because like the way she's waving the sky around on page six feels like a fabric which is what leads me to that idea and like when she's defending from ishigori's granite blast uh you know she's pulling the curtain around herself to yeah. get that and then she's teleported a small distance away from what I'm assuming. Yeah, no, she's tell yeah, she's teleported for sure. 
well after the blast, the after the blast, she teleported to a different location <clears throat> because you can see that at the top panel of that, you know, on the on the whole cross panel of that, like she's nowhere in that Utah mm -hmm. panel at all. I think it's really interesting that this guy looks like a greaser and uh, his ability is called Granite Blast because he seems like he's about that rock and roll. Mm. You know, it's just a little, 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 little goofy little nod. Um, the fact that the Pompadour is the cannon is just such some of the weirdest psycho shit that I've seen in a minute. I'm just like, that's so silly, that's but also really funny. Like that, yeah. that tracks. That's cool. Um, it's very. Um, no gun, no life kind of vibes. Mm -hmm. uh, where that it's like a hard boiled private detective whose head is literally a gun. Mm. Yeah, right. it reminds me of that. It's very fun. Yeah, dude. That, um, that, that, the I want to see what his abilities are. Made that was so strong. And we, yeah, we definitely got a, a showing of that that cursed energy output that they're talking about. But as far as this, like page nine. Um, page eight and nine, really, when she is going at um, Utah. Basically, oh, off of page you know, seven and stuff. Yeah, yeah, off page, you know, page seven through nine, I guess. Yeah, where they're having this this uh, back and forth about mm -hmm. kind of morals and, and values, I guess, and and kind of their standpoints within the Cullen game here. Um, the Fujiwara stuff at the end of it, so. The Fujiwara clan is actually the clan that was opposed to Yuta's clan, correct? Yeah, she, her, she, like when she, her characters first dropped, there was the a author's note. note in the in the scanlations that said that she Uro, was one of the Fujiwara, right? No, Uro is actually like a cousin clan to the Akotsu. Like she's on the same side. Like hmm. look at their eyebrows. Their eyebrows may be black and white, but they are basically the same. Like, they're vaguely related. Like, it's funny that she's so pissed off and assumes that uh, Yuta is a Fujiwara, but he's actually, like, a distant descendant of hers. Like, yeah. a distant relative descended from her. Um, and it's just kind of funny. I like that. He, and... Cause you, it's cause it makes me think about the times like there's very few people that can piss you off quite like family. Yes. And like I noticed that people like when I'm like some of my friends will get together like they don't know each other but I'm like the, the I'm the one I'm the seven degrees of Nicolas Cage. I'm the one connecting these two people. If those friends are too alike, they will hate each other. That has been like my golden rule mm -hmm. for a long time. Like, no, 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 you're too similar. You will definitely piss each other off. Yeah. Uh, but I think that like back to this dialogue, I think Utah is like, hey, let me ask you something. You won't complain when you get killed. It's like, I understand why the powerless get desperate, but someone strong like you can take points whenever they want. Why are you looking for a fight? Part of me wonders if he's like trying to figure out like have you killed a bunch of civilians? Right. You know? It's like you've gotten a lot of points. 
I need to figure out what kind of person you are. Are you the kind of person that will just randomly, indiscriminately kill whoever so that I have to finish you off so that you don't escape the barrier? And I've seen a lot of memes on Twitter, mostly because of like Elden Ring, but like Utah's like, don't you have a lover or friend? And just everyone's been going like, no bitches, no bitches. <laughs> right. Maidenless. Maidenless. That's fucked up. Uh, but it's it's interesting because like the Heian era was a very warlike time and so like a modern sorcerer like Yuta who's just like I didn't have friends until recently but like why are you killing people how can you be so desperate for your own sake and she's like bitch I was trying to survive I was fighting for my life how dare you judge me you know that kind of thing Right? Like, this is my, hey, I was sitting in shit darkness for however fucking long, and now I got a second chance. I'm, I mean, Underworld confirmed. <clears throat> yeah, dude, it's... There is an afterlife, which is really interesting. So, like, and she was an assassin, so I doubt she was going to heaven. She was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to go to fucking hell. Yeah, fuck that. Um, we've come back from the underworld. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to see where she said that. Yeah, page uh, page eight, top panel. Yeah, just super interesting, man. And like the last bit of the chapter here with the like juxtaposed kind of mutual thought of the two characters, um, Udo and uh, Yuta, where they're both like, "Okay, we got to take this guy out right now." for this for these reasons whatever mm -hmm. that that you know that sync up um i like how everyone's like oh i'll take them both out all three of them are plan uh, like have the confidence and the capability but they're like yeah i'll kill out like everyone in this triangle is just looking at the other two like the good the bad and the ugly where they're doing that three-man showdown they're like i'm gonna kill both of you <laughs> yeah but uh you said just about that action like the choreography through this part where he's blitzing um ryu voice sprints yeah full sprints like he's shooting the cannons at him they're like tracking zipping back around he uses the fucking um the street pole to like whoop, hit around real quick makes the laser miss and he's right into that hole that he had um broken earlier when broken he was, earlier uh, fighting, with uh, uh kuroshi with what's her name Uro? Who's his damn uh, Shikigami? Rika. Rika. Rika punched Udo. through that when he was fighting the cockroach man. Yep, he had that. He goes through the hole that he used, uh, you know, that he had Rika make for the civilians or whatever. And fucking, yeah, just <laughs> stealths his way up. Literally, the page turn to this from this panel, like where he's like, oh man, you really, you really died that easy. Like, you about to disappoint me? Next page, Utah's literally hopping up on the parkour, roof. Parkouring his way right up there. Like, what's up? I'm here, bro. He said, let's bring this thing close. So, right now, Ryu has shown himself to be a ranged character, obviously, with the cannon mm -hmm. on his dome. But I'm, like, definitely excited to see some, uh, some up-close hand-to-hand applications. And 
looking at things now, I'm wondering why his hand is smoking on the last panel. Yeah, I wonder if he uses his entire body as a gun. Like, hmm. what if he just suddenly just, like, does, like, does a punch, does a punch, Utah blocks, and then he opens up his hands and just does, like, a big flashbang of, mm. of energy or, like, a shotgun blast of things. Like, yeah. I could see it where, like, he does, like, two fists and then all of a sudden he shoots out of his hair, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just because you're up close doesn't mean he's still not dangerous. Like, he could still just unload a lot into you. You could also say maybe it's just because, like, in this top panel, he is kind of, like, deflecting a blow and then, like, catching Yuta's elbow with that hand. So maybe he, like, blocks mm -hmm. the elbow and, like, it's such, like, heat on that elbow that it's just, like, smoking, you know what I'm saying? The cursed um... energy. Yeah, you know, he was talking about hunger, you know. He's like, you're flirting so much, it's making me hungry. And then, like, at the last page, he's like, will that satisfy the hunger of Kotsu? Um, he seems like, you know, kind of like a tough guy, really cool, uh, rock and roller kind of guy. Um, his power may be related to, like, heat a little bit, where he's, like, heating up. And, like, fire consumes fire mm -hmm. as an element is a very hungry thing so he might be heat related because like fires fire power the idea of like just shooting shit is related to fire yeah um, um and i think yeah go ahead who was the character that they went to recruit before they kind of split up hakari hakari this dude's dialogue here is really reminiscent of Hakari's dialogue about the the heat and heating up mm. ice cold. I'm getting cold. I'm getting hot. This dude's talking about like, well, that satisfy the hunger, the hunger, this, yeah. the hunger, that. You wonder like what it is with these older sorcerers, like these. Uh, I mean, like, they're kind of like Hakari's a new age sorcerer. I oh, think yeah, it comes yeah, 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 yeah. he well. is. He's a newer one. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He was in um, Utah's class, wasn't he? Sorry, could you repeat that? He was in Yuta's class, wasn't he? Uh, Hakari, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of funny that they're, like, fighting on top of a... a rooftop, and it looks like a school, right? Like, the fact that there's, like, a little bit of, like, delinquent vibes uh, yeah. during this whole, like, fisticuff showdown. I'm down for that. Um... Yeah, he reminds me of Hikari a little bit, and I feel like this might be just a, th a commonality within, like, modern sorcerers, because of, like, like, we see, like, athletes and, like, athletes and, like, manga characters talk about, like, oh yeah, I hit the zone, I got in the zone, you know, you know, talking about like oh i'm heating up you know like beer pong and stuff and it's just like you know i feel like it's a la language like that indicates like a, a modern take on these things whereas uro is like yeah no i'm just killing people like i'm just getting <laughs> points I, I want to break free of kenjaku's control and i don't know if it's gonna be a thing i'm going to do the smart thing i mean along the lines um, of what you were saying earlier about uro um you know through I guess understanding through blows, you know, maybe or or even dialogue, you know, it's possible that the it gets fleshed out to a point where they do dawn on the fact, like, oh shit, I am your descendant. Like, are we about the same shit? 
because you, you mentioned like he maybe is trying to kind of vet her with these questions he's asking and see what she's really about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible maybe it could take the turn like it was like they were all kind of introduced in an imposing uh, a villainous sense, like antagonist mm-hmm. sense. Um, but it was really just like, yeah, these three characters are at a standoff because they're all of similar power where they like there's a power balance going on. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got this Kurorishi motherfucker sitting in wait for, you know, Druv to get when taken out. For when Druv to gets taken out, because that's the only one who can really, like, beat him handily. Um, it's possible she could have been, you know, not an antagonist. And she's, like, really kind of lying in wait on the same shit Yuta is really, like, protecting the civilians in this situation. Like you said, uh-huh. he's asking her, like, someone like you could get hella points. Why are you taking this fight right now? Like... You were saying he's trying to figure out if she's killed a bunch of civilians. It's possible she yeah. hasn't and she's been protecting him. Um, this could really go anyway at this point. And I'm, and I'm, yeah. uh, I'm kind of on the edge of my seat to see where these characters go. Absolutely. I'm really excited how this like three-way fight's going to go down. Like That's cool. I love that kind of like multiplayer like sh- shenanigans going down. And like I think it's really interesting is that like Ishigori has like um like really strong offense, whereas Uro has like really strong defense. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's gonna be a lot of really cool interplay of like the idea of like a, a like you know a powerful spear and Uro's sky being like the impenetrable shield. Mm-hmm. Like they might have to team up to defeat Ishigori, and then afterwards they're just like, do we really have to fight? I can. I mean, I could take you down. I both of us feel confident we can take the other one down. But do we really have to fight? Mm-hmm. And then maybe by then Rika shows up. He's like, "Well, you know, we feel it. I called reinforce. I called her to reinforce this after a while because, like, I'm you know not doing the greatest, but mm, you never know." Yeah, for sure. Um. Cool choreography. Yeah, I think great love, choreography. Love the, no, seriously. Love the spins. Yeah, we already Dude, talked about the tough as fuck. Yeah, Yuta is very tough. Like literally for to go straight from fighting Kudorushi, like he actually took that bit of damage, like some you know, pretty significant damage, I would say, from the one blow from the festering life sword. Um mm-hmm. especially, you know, two. since it was implied that it was pretty much uh, what you had speculated where it kind of puts a parasite on your into your body that based on your cursed energy output will like grow at a certain rate and then like burst out of you you know it mm-hmm. seemed like exactly what you said like his would be so great that it would like immediately just and he took one or two blows um, obviously to go right into this fight take a few hits from Udo Take this fucking cannon blast, blast literally head on from Ishigori, and just like he's still keeping it pushing. Like Yuta is a fucking tank, bro. His first reaction was like, you know what? I think I can take them both out after getting hit dead on. He's like, what the fuck was that? You know what, bitch? I'm at your neck now. I'm at your first. fucking neck now. You fucking hit me with that cannon out of nowhere, bitch. You hit me harder than she did. I'm going after <laughs> you first. Yuta <laughs> is a fucking goon, bro. Menace. He's a he's menace. A menace. To for real. 
Oh, love that kid. <sighs> Man, I just, yeah, it's, and it's adding more and more, I guess, to the weight of like, you know, people's speculation that he caught, he could possibly, you know, die. Um, maybe fighting Kenjaku here at the, at the climactic maybe. portions of this arc. Um, I, I you know, I personally, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see it, but very... I don't think it'll happen. I feel like he is this generation, like he's Yuji's generation's version of Gojo, right? Like he is going to be the strongest, one of the strongest characters in the series of that particular age group. Yeah. That's the caveat of that particular age group. He's going to be one of the strongest characters in that series. Yeah. And uh, so far it's proving true. Like, Druv, Kuroshi, they were bad. They were nasty motherfuckers. And he smoked them. Drew He's didn't even get, like, the respect of even any, like, he literally, all, the only panel Drew got was him, like, already dead as fuck, like, cut up, bro, like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Drew got. Yeah, most of his action was off screen through those giant mole rats. Drew got fucking disrespected, bro, like, straight shit on. Yuta said. Yeah! You're out shit. You're done. Whack. Your giant rats. Whack. Me, I'm tight as fuck. You feel like Yuta really just one-shot him. <laughs> he had to. He just I, like... It felt like it. He's just like, Rico, hold him down. <sighs> Drew's like, do you know who I am? Ari, D, 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 D. You ain't about to come into my territory. Nah. And like, he's like still talking. Ah, ah. Head like splits in half and just falls off. <laughs> Do you Man. know who I am? Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, but uh, I think that's, that's about all me. I had, yeah, for this chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen, me as well, so, yeah, that does it. Brutal stuff. Yeah, well, uh, with that, I think we can go ahead and move right into chapter 231 of Dr. Stone, oh. a future to get excited about. Gorgeous color pages. Like, the first color page, glorious. Um, I love, like, this light blue. And I like, like, zooming into that, like, dark bluish, blackish thing with lights going off of it. I'm like, you know what? That's really pretty. Mm -hmm. I like that. And yeah. then, color-wise, like, the blue and the black and, like, speckles of white, it's almost the opposite of the earth, which is, like, blue and mostly white. Yeah. So I like that little, like, twin parallel kind of thing, because, like, space, moon, and then, like, those orbs standing in the forefront, like, yin and yang. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, this, this, this color cover, man, it's just, the feels are there. Like, it's, it's literally, like, puts you through the entire spectrum of emotions, like, looking at this, just the color palette, the kind of ambient glow that's conveyed through like the uh the lamp in the back or the or the the torch it's like a really melancholy feeling that it gives you like happiness and joy like senku sitting with nostalgia. his dad nostalgia senku sitting with his dad enjoying the ramen like he's in his suit they're both in their own actual spacesuits like senku's in the in the actual senku you know 11 spacesuit science kingdom and then biakui is in the actual like modern day or you know past modern day um, yeah NASA of the suit. time of the time yeah 
And Chrome, you know, looking on, like, shedding a tear, watching him eat with his dad. Suika doing her thing. Kid Suika, by the way. Yeah. It just... Yeah, honestly, it is a, a picture of nostalgia because, like, Chrome shedding a tear. Uh, you can see behind Kohaku, there's, like, the, the space pod. Oh. Yeah, the the yeah, space yeah. pod for the precious minerals. Um, and then the fact that, like... Senku and um, his dad are eating the the ramen, which they were talking about. Like Francois made the space ramen, mm -hmm. and it should be the same kind of ramen that the original astronauts used. And that itself, that food was like a connecting point between the past and the future, and like a, like like a, like a final goodbye, a sense of closure for Senku, who's like, I'm never gonna see my dad ever again. He's dead. He's gone. He's passed on yeah you know it's it's a very heartfelt nostalgic picture it, it's heavy like you know uh the fact that it's young suika you know helping out at the same time you know it's just ah man like the times come and came and went yeah and it's just like ah beautiful i, I made me tear up a little bit when I first started reading it. I was like, oh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, moving into the chapter, um, we basically are just getting kind of like conversation with Senku and Y-Man. Senku asking questions like, just exactly how do you function and how do you move? Y-Man basically saying like, yeah, you know, your speculations are correct. Um, we get some of this cool art and paneling where he's like, we can, we are capable of assuming your form and he's like got this big giant like skull and he's actually doing like the medusa explosions in his mm -hmm. mouth and his eyes like the medusas that's are actually terrifying. going off to give the eyeball effect yeah that is very that's terrifying yeah he's so fucking scary in that moment and i like how it uses radio waves to basically x-ray and see senku it doesn't see the way we do it literally does not see the way we do like it, it only sees him as a skeleton yeah, and that's, that's so why weird. it's his form. And I'm like, that's crazy. Cause like we use cones and stuff for our eyes. So like we would see just, you know, the flat visible stuff. Like it doesn't even see us like this webcam sees me <coughs> translating a 3d object into a 2d object here. Like it's just, it's funky, you know, like, like, cameras and the way they function are so wild that i'm like wow this artificial existence literally does not see any of the surfaces that we have it just reads our bones basically because yeah. the highest density mass thing in our body right yeah that's yeah that was insane i'm glad actually that you kind of expounded on that because i was like a little unclear whether like okay does he have like x-ray vision but the radio, the, the radio waves things tracks like he's kind of using the although I, I i'm not is he using that like echolocation or i just i just don't understand it's it i mean it's a sci-fi floating anti-gravity thing suspend I'm sure it has multiple bit, yeah. i feel like it has multiple forms or waves that it can like tap into to observe yeah uh, you just thing. yeah kind of got to suspend a little bit of disbelief i guess you know makes sense i mean we're at a point where I'm like, I'm okay with this. We had the build up. There's the thing. Um, 
I like Stanley's mentality on page eight. He's like, I should prepare for the worst. Is Senku already petrified? I really wonder, wish that, like, I could have heard um, what Senku said to the Y-Men. Yes. But at the same time, I'm okay with not, because, like, the idea, like, the imagination can give you the perfect answer, right? But, like, sometimes it's hard to write that perfect ending, so I like that little bit of off-screen moment. Um, I like the pitch. There is this one moment where Y-Man's, like, looming over him on page 7, where he's, like, the little slim part where, like, he's talking to Y-Man... And then he talks to Y-Man again, and it zooms in, and the light is back in its eyes after, like, hearing him out. Wait. And it's, it's like, the 6-7 spread. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The glorious, horrifying 6-7 spread. Yeah. I, yeah, it's the, the bottom panel on the left, and then the, the yeah. one right on the top left. Yeah, where it's, too. like, the eyes are darkened, because it's, like, it's computing, and mm -hmm. then the eye lights up. But, like, because of its positioning, it looks like it's staring right at us. Yeah. Even though it's really <clears throat> just looking at Senku, and I'm like, man, that's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, I mean... <sighs> and then it's like, you know what? We give up. Y'all suck. I will give you the gift of petrification don't run <laughs> that's terrifying like it's it's very much a star wars ro like rogue star wars rogue one star wars do not be alarmed you are being rescued <laughs> do not resist <laughs> like that ai that killer ai that came in yeah and then you know like stanley is able to like back him down because he actually has a really good shot that will like kill quite a bit of him is, is kind of like mm -hmm. what was implied it was just it was weird to me how like there seems to be a lot of them like it, way more than you would need to worry about like a single net taking out you know but i guess these are kind of like the last mass of them i don't know it just seemed weird that he was like activated and then back down so quickly like just with the cannon when it was kind of implied that the the launcher slash net cannon like wouldn't mm -hmm. be if as effective in in instances like this where it's like a shit ton of them you know yeah it was like but it'll still get like a good amount of them because like they he used it before when they were trying to petrify them so it, they do know what they it remember does. it yeah so and that's why it's a like, perfect like, line oh. of fire like many of us will die but like enough where you really need to worry about it i don't know just Mm -hmm. you know it's um, all right you just again like maybe suspend a little disbelief like it's over in a week we're well, wrapping we're, it's, time, shit's wrapping up you know i mean the way i see it this thing is a, as far as it knows the last of its species right these things are the last of its species they're at a population size where like losing several of them would be devastating yeah so they're just like you know what we're maintaining our population we will stay if you don't shoot us. That kind of thing. And Stanley gets that idea. Yeah. Um, the thing that I kind of noticed in the art um, was 
like you see that like page four, four or five, you see the corona around Senku's skull and you see the corona start to take shape on page six and seven around his head. And then within like uh, page, um, like pages 10 and 11, the corona still exists, but there's still like that fiery undulation that like a lot of the uh, Y men were creating. But now it like vaguely looks like Senku because of that. Like it sort of mimics his hair vaguely. Even if it wasn't intentional, it does. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, where they kind of, like, mimic him to that degree a little bit. I'm like, all right, I dig it, I dig it. Um, and then they just have some really good lines. When you transition from, like, page 11 onward, probability is near 0% of that plan succeeding. Near 0? Sounds about it. But near 0 ain't zero when it comes to us take me for example this smooth and shiny monkey came into this world with nothing in just 10 short years we're, we're here, here on the moon and they show up with a stick rock and twine the fucking hammer and axe the stone axe that he first made yeah that's Damn. crazy and that then, is the first stone axe he made bro that's the first tool he made period um i love that i love that so much that he brought that up and like showed it to Y man like that is the simplest fucking thing in the world and then Y man just absolutely like loses its shit yeah for real i mean because that's like what else what can you say like he's like yo you think i'm so stupid i went from literal stone age to hear <laughs> in your face on the moon in 10 years g we're talking about fucking 50 million years worth of progress brought us back up to that pace in 10 bro like what are you talking ten. about what are we talking ten. about with a stone axe period or like, 10, that's crazy yeah, that's 50 crazy years, you know stone age like glorious... 10 000 bc whatever sorry don't don't come at me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right uh, page fourteen, fifteen. Y man, just like the power of logic. Talk no jutsu. Yeah, <laughs> just getting destroyed. Castle Grayskull uh, looking, dude. For real, I I like that he's literally being smote by logic, so to speak. Um, and then I like how it's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not holding your form. We're not gonna talk to you in this way. We're out. Yeah, that last. We're that... abandoning you to things. We're gonna find more intelligent organisms that'll appreciate being petrified. That fucking yeah, that fourteen fifteen double spread is like does not compute. Yeah, and then he's just like, you know what, fuck it, like yeah, unable to honor your request, like abandonment is your kind's fate. Um, yeah, like I'm gonna bounce, seek other intelligent motherfuckers, and then we get the one that's like, I'm about to stick behind actually, and. They were making it sound like it was kind of that this one was independent in a way where it was like, oh, it you you're, like... you solely got excited by the idea. But I thought they were kind of a hive mind. Well, I mean, even a hive mind can still have individual thoughts and preferences. But like, I feel like um, hive minds, like each individual 
could share ideas and thoughts, but like if it's all operating together, they might just like um, autopilot a little bit and like let themselves be taken over by like the wave and momentum of the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the idea that like less than one, uh, it's like they said it was like probability is near zero percent. And so, like, there's so many Y-men that the, like, 0.00001% of them decides to just stick around. They're like, you know what? Let's see how this plays out. We we will give you the amount of faith this statistic deserves. We're sending you one guy. All right. (laughs) We're sending you one guy. That's wild. I love it. Yep. It's funny. It's such a it's such a little bit of smack talk, but like it's like this is the amount of faith you deserve. Yes. Uh, and I love I love how Senku's just like you know what, that's enough. Just one. That's all I need, bro. And we gonna make this happen because I'm Senku. Hell yeah. And I I like how this is like a climb. It feels like a climactic battle. And it's literally just a negotiation. Like the- we're t- like. Like we talked about um elusive samurai and being like a battle of wits feeling like a battle this is like that but without all the like visual metaphor it just i don't know like it does feel very tense and like like it's awesome how this verbal um altercation can feel like that tense like a physical one Mm-hmm. But it was, like, just a little jarring to me. Like, I can't lie. Like, it was a little jarring, and it felt, like, somewhat anticlimactic. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to, like, withhold, you know... Judgment till the judgment end of the until series. Judgment until the end to see, like, in hindsight how it flows. But the way he was just, like, brah! Bounce, like... Fuck this. We got, I just, we got it was better shit to do. So what? Like, just I don't know. It felt like there should have been a couple more panels of dialogue, but between those, before he bounced, like it was just weird. It was a little jarring to me. That's all I can say. Really, I, I can't. know. Yeah, I can. I can see where that comes from because you're like you. We like they geared up with guns and rocket propelled the nets and all this stuff, and they're like we're ready to fight. And then we're just like you know what? we're gonna talk to these things that turned out to be living weapons yeah yeah and talked them out of it it felt like to me it felt a little bit like um fallout new vegas at the end of fallout new vegas where they talk to legatlanius and you have like if you have like a hundred speech you can just convince the guy to fuck off <laughs> they're like this won't actually help you and your empire just leave and he's like fine but the bull shall raise against the bear or some shit and, you know whatever the, like they, they they walk off right like they just they like we shall leave game over right quest yeah. succeeded yeah, so like to me it was just like man yeah you you got the hundred speech you got you you rolled a retinat 20 persuasion yeah dude, speech you is didn't... O, speech op in RP, rpg games for real yeah yeah like i'm just like all right you know we'll talk no jutsu i i respect that you you effectively won by yeah ridding yourself like like the goal is to rid yourself of why man how you do that doesn't matter i fucking yeah dude i love speech in, in rpg games now that you bring that up it's just so hilarious mm-hmm. like the the gate guard i'll never let you in over my dead body and you're just like what if i blackmail about, you because i saw you how about you let me in though <laughs> 
just like, hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I could go over your dead body, but yeah. I could go over your living body that is 20 gold richer. So I guess as long as we're on this topic of conversation, like when you, what route of speech imposition would you, or imposition, I should say, would you, do you typically take? Do you take the finesse route? like that the blackmail slash bribery route or do you take just straight like intimidation because it's usually it's usually persuade intimidate or like bribe slash um blackmail um right you know i really play it by ear because mm -hmm. like sometimes i'm like i hate this person i'm gonna intimidate the fuck out of them some people are like you know what i want to make them squirm a little bit i'll blackmail them some of them like I just want to convince you that I'm your friend and that I'm not worth fighting. Because he just, I don't want... It's the hot fuzz moment where he's loading the shotgun. Shame. Like, hate to do it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, um, I'm a persuasion guy myself. I'm typically like, I'll persuade him. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what? It's, like, it's a pretty cool feather over there, bro. Like, you should go check that out. You know what I'm saying? I'll mm -hmm. hold the door down for you. I won't let nobody get in. Got you. Just leave. <laughs> it just walks away. Stone. You're just like... And I'm in. Later, nerd. Who, who are you going to tell? Get in trouble? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but there was a feather. Yeah, that's not going to go well with the brass. There was a feather. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we get the the final, the final, the final uh, kind of climactic portion on the moon here. Y-Man leaves off into space to go find other intelligent life. Um, so, like, feels good there, like effectively we've we've won against y-man quote unquote um or i guess partnered with the little y-man mm -hmm. it was cool that we got the little vacuum tube that actually has the off and on switch so they can kind of um communicate with it get it yeah well, keep, keep communication it was originally on, on it. off like yeah it's crazy well because like the, how the, they reused the tube yeah the vacuum application like actually did allow it to speak and hover and gain sentience again. So mm -hmm. uh, you wonder I, why I you would need to turn it off now. Because I like, don't think you will ever turn it off at this point. Like, yeah, because he's chilling um, with him, kind of talking with him and shit. And I love this yeah. little bit of dialogue from uh, Y-Man where on page 20, 21, Kohaku's talking to it. Um. She's like, oh, wow, like you can be conscious and float around. And and she's like, you're mechanical parasites, right? So like who created you in the first place? And it's like unknown. And she's like, what? And he <laughs> simply says, does your kind comprehend who or what created you? Do you possess complete knowledge of your origin? You know, like that yeah. was a low key slapper of a of a just a little bit of bar of a dialogue for I Wyman. mean that's that's straightforward like that's a like Ryusuke's right that is a great comeback like yeah fuck you for saying I don't know yeah you don't know <laughs> none of us know yeah and Kohaku is like you know come to think of it you're right that's a total fucking mystery what even is life as we know it you know yeah um I like how adorable they made Y-Man <laughs> They drew his little face on the mirror, like the little transparent part of his like thing. They gave a little X for his mouth and little like outlet little slots. Eyes, yeah. They drew on eyes, and it, it reminds me of like um, how people will like pack bond with just about anything. 
Like, I remember, uh, like, a Japanese family having, like, a Roomba, and, like, they made it, like, a little tiny doghouse for its charge port, and they called it Roomba-san, and they were like, oh, Roomba-san is hungry, and threw some crumbs for it, and, like, like, the way that, like, we will, like, talk about our possessions as if they were people sometimes... Like, uh, like, people talk about their cars as people all the time. Like, uh, I had an ex who named their car Rita, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I think it's cute and, like, very human touch to, like, add the little face to Y-Man so that they're like, well, we need to know if you're, like, facing us or something because we're, we're talking to you. Like, we want you to have a face. Right. Um, so I think that's really adorable. And uh, I liked Senku's response to like, hey, you know, Kahaku asks an obvious question, where'd you come from? Don't know. Doesn't matter. And then Y-Man asks the obvious question of the humans, why don't you like petrification? And they're like, just doesn't get us excited. It's it. Like, it's boring. Yeah, it's boring. That shit is dead ass boring the as most fuck. human things who wants to sit in the snow and count seconds for fucking three thousand years like no i'm trying to be out here and doing shit bro dude no seriously the humans human species could barely handle like quarantining for fucking two weeks you think that they're gonna enjoy being petrified for a million years wow. hell no like well shit fuck most of, of these motherfuckers i feel like shit I I mean, yeah, no, you know my opinions on that shit, but I'm gonna I was gonna say most of these motherfuckers that were tripping about the masks and the quarantines are probably the ones that are just petrified, not counting seconds. Their shit just, they're just brain dead. <laughs> let me chill, let me chill, let me chill. So shots fired. Brain, yo. So yeah, I, I like this. Um in this moment where Senku is talking and he's like, it's got nothing to do with survival. Asking why about all these unknowns is what gets us excited. And in that panel, you get all the scientists, that one scientist panel, we get, uh, mm -hmm. we get Kaseki, we get um, Zeno, Byakuya, Chrome, Chelsea, Suika, all the scientists, juniors, bro. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and seniors, I guess, cause Zeno's, you know, boss energy. Yeah. The old timers, top three at the top, yeah. Yeah. They did it by age. Kaseki, bro. Kaseki, my guy. Fuck it, dude. dude. Um eh, there's just gonna be stuff. Like I I'm really, really excited for this final chapter yeah. of Doctor Stone. And I wanna see what kind of shit they got going on. Like Part of me wants to see uh, what kind of society they have, like learning from Y Man. Like if if like if I've been wanting to have anti gravity shit since I saw Back to the Future with that hoverboard. Okay, like that's Dude, where I'm at. Okay, yes. uh, like and Jack know and Daxter too. Jack and Daxter too with the hoverboard. Like oh, oh what yeah. the shit. And I was so fucking pissed like back, you know, a few years ago, you know, five years ago, whatever, whenever the the 
fucking the mono hoverboards came out. Came, the monoboards came out. Like they're like, yeah, bro, hoverboards. Ah, people are like, yo, they got hoverboards now. I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah, right. Look up Google hoverboard. I'm like, that's a wheel. This thing has wheels. What are we talking that about? This ain't a goddamn hoverboard. <laughs> Like, yo, where's my flying car, Bruce? Where's my fucking hoverboard? Yo. Dude, uh, so, middle school, there was an art fair. One of the kids, like, came out with, like, a goddamn hover thing made out of, like, like wooden platform, like, plywood platform. With pressurized couple, like, air go-kart controllers. It. And they had a bunch of, like, um, like, heavy-duty, like lawn mower and like lawn blower and like air engines mm -hmm. basically to push air through things and then they pushed it through like sacks to give it like a bumper and then they had holes in the sacks to push it out and it basically caused enough air pressure to like gently float an inch off the floor yeah and it was like that for me as a kid i was like this is the coolest goddamn thing ever that's so much electricity. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's but I would love to see. I would love to see what Senku can do with Y Man Anti Grav. Like, I'm just thinking about like how like uh like in My Hero Urara Ochako's like uh ability would be perfect for construction. Anti gravity for construction. Wow, the sky's the limit. Like just on that idea alone. And so. You wonder if they're going to kind of try and re-dissect the Medusa or Y-Man with... You wonder to what degree they can, like, be disassembled and stay conscious or sentient because mm -hmm. they disassembled it at first and there was no, they were like, okay, none of this shit really matters. Like, this all seems like just filler parts to, you know, the one thing that really matters is this diamond. But now that he's, like, awake and sentient... Maybe some of the parts are doing other shit and they can maybe de if... deduce and reverse engineer the anti-grav and that could be a part of Senku's plan, but it's only something you could, you know, figure out and reverse engineer while they're conscious because those components of him are actually functioning at that time, you know? Yeah, I mean, that'd be crazy to see him, like, kind of stripped down and like exposed in a vacuum thing where they can like interact and see which parts are working or active at one time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And it makes me think of like, it was the diamond really like functionally their brain and heart. I don't think so. Cause like, it's just a battery, right? Maybe the heart. Yeah. Their like, heart. That, I mean, the battery. it would be their heart. Basically. Right. But the brain some is, is a different component than you'd think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or the or the uh, I guess the the microchip or the um, motherboard mm -hmm. maybe motherboard. Call there it, we yeah, go. I'm um, not a tech savvy person. I'm just bullshitting most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, you if there was like a motherboard type component, you would think that would have been focused on because they, like I said, they disassembled it. You know, you had mm. you had Joel there. Oh, uh -huh. Would I mean, Joel, would Joel bring up a motherboard because Joel's the one that disassembled it, right? actually he was a watchmaker he was the watchmaker he was the one that was actually able to mm. completely disassemble and like reverse engineer it and put it back together successfully um so you would think like would joel bring up a motherboard 
is he's just a watchmaker? Would he would he know what a motherboard is, or would he just be like, hmm, that's a component I really don't know what, you know, what it is, but it's there, yeah. you know, so we know about it. I don't know. I was thinking that yeah. Senku was the one that 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 kind of dissected it, and he would have brought up a motherboard for sure. But I, then I remembered that Joel was the one, so maybe it's a possibility that he might not have brought the motherboard up, and that is uh, something we could get now. So, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes in this last chapter. I feel like this last chapter has got to be like 50 fucking pages long. I don't know. It's yeah, just, it like, feels like there's that? a lot. It's the epilogue. Like, what is the epilogue chapter even look like? And I'm deeply excited. Um, shoot, like that's it's gonna be a special episode. It is, dude. It's gonna be. I mean, hey, shouts out, uh, Shonen OG man. You're coming on the show next week for the finale of Doctor Stone. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of it's uh, a foregone conclusion. I feel like we talked about it last time he was on, and he was like, "I'm there." He mentioned it. Yeah, I'm there. So yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. I think that's about all I had works. for uh, Doctor Stone yeah. this week, though. That's it for me. All right, cool. All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 345 of My Hero Academia Division fire chapter. I like this one. Yeah. I like this a lot. Um uh page 1, I really like the Abe Sapien reference from Hellboy with the little fish man like they really think this is going to hold us kind of guy. Mhm. You see him? He looks like Abe Sapien straight up. I'm like, "All right, I see you. I see you heteromorph. Funky self. I see you heteromorph." Um, and then like Toga just taking command. She's like, I just want to see Deku. I just want to see Deku. Um, the Nomu does pretty much all the work on that part. Big old dude. Yep. And you see that big old dude hanging out on uh, page 1415 at the end of the chapter, just slumped over sitting in the water. But he's got the big old fucking teeth just like, oh, busting out on page two. Um, and uh man this chapter was wild and i really want to focus on like the bookends of the beginning and the ending of the chapter just because i want to get out of my system mm -hmm. and then i want to lean into like the meat of the series um toga uh like break it open visualizing deku quickly opens it up they start getting teleported we're gonna flip over to the bottom end of the chapter page 1415 very brief chapter but action-packed um the fact that uh toga managed to use kind of her like blood-filled tubes a little bit like her using her equipment her syringes drag yeah she used her syringe with the tubes and stuff to drag deku into the warp spot mm -hmm. which i personally love and then um like the fourth danger sense didn't trigger yep, because I talk about that because toga Has doesn't want to harm deku doesn't want to harm deku she just wants to be close to deku and she's a little twisted so like her mentality of like i want to be close to deku isn't a form <laughs> of harm because she loves Deku, you know? It's, like, it's turncoat toga hours. I'm about it. I'm on board. It's uh, She needed this moment. 
Um, this might be a vindication section for her for like because Ochako, Suyu, Deku, the three people that she was like, yes, you're the people I adore. You're so Ooh. cute. I like you all. She's really like, like the training park. Yes, they're really like the three classmates that she has had the most like profound impact Child. on, the most profound interactions with. You know, obviously, her and Uraraka have had their several like kind of little tussles and like they've had some mm -hmm. impactful dialogue in those moments she obviously has a big fixation on deku and mm -hmm. they've had some impactful interactions and dialogue as well and then suyu has just been kind of the um just a tag along in uraraka's mm -hmm. moments most of the time and she's also gotten a couple um impactful individual moments with toga i believe but yeah overall she's, yeah you're, she... you're right you're spitting these three characters are definitely the three to to be matched up with her in this moment for a really hard hitting it's know, a parallel to, to whatever is gonna happen. It's a parallel to um the training camp arc mm. when she attacks with yep. all the villains and stuff and it's just like man that's cool I love that and then you see that last panel of her the zoom in where she has like the pinky wrapped around the two syringe tube mm -hmm. um because that syringe is usually full of blood, that tube represents the red string of fate, which is a trope in romantic series of like the red string of fate, the bond of destiny, star-crossed lovers, that kind of thing. And even though it's technically like part of her arsenal, it's romantic. It's always been romantic. And that's why the fourth danger test doesn't work on Deku. I agree. I think I think I totally 100% agree I also said that in my reaction immediately after I read it I was like the danger sense didn't trigger because she has no ill intent you know mm -hmm. whatever she's thinking whatever she's planning there is no ill intent being conveyed here she just um, wants to love on him yeah in the most awful way possible <laughs> and I mean part of me thinks she like she wants to be saved right like she I think she could be yeah I really hope that this is like almost like a why man situation where she could be talked out of whatever's going on yeah and, and it's like especially yeah. even more so when you consider like who's there with her like it's basically no other characters of like very high prominence within the you know antagonist side like she's got a couple high ends with her it looks like or a couple no more yeah maybe not maybe not high her. ends but She's got Abe Sapien in the background. She's got a bunch of heteromorphic dudes. Just like kind of, yeah, fucko, like fodder guys. Not Maybe not fodder, but like just file and rank kind of guys, rank and yeah, file no kind of guys. Yeah, no one that's um, been actively named yet. Exactly. She's got so, like maybe two high ends and like a handful of mutants. We've yeah. got Gang Orca on one side, and he seems pretty chill. Yeah, like, I mean, my point is it, like, it's not like Dobby's here, or like yeah. fucking uh, Shigaraki's here, or, or There's no fucking, hardliners. Um, why am I blanking on fucking Spinner? It's not like any prominent characters are here to, like, if that does sway in that direction, mm -hmm. where they're kind of talking her down, there's nobody here to talk her out of it. You know? There's nobody here yeah. to, like, oppose that swing up reinforce yeah to reinforce things with yes now nah, i get that i like that a lot i really hope that she this is like her redemption battle mm. i really hope that's the case yeah um because that, that 
She's a very impactful player within she this She's sad as hell, dude. I want I want her to be happy. I want her to be happy you know, as well. And like you know what? Whichever side she's helping, ha, you know, has a, a phenomenal boon in that she can copy other quirks with hers and mm -hmm. copy forms, you know. You can think like obviously whose blood does she have from the antagonist side? Probably everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, How effective could she be in subterfuge on our side? You know, considering mm -hmm. that she has spent so much time with these people, they trust her like implicitly. She probably has each and every one of their bloods. She can probably just assume any one of their forms based mm -hmm. on that. So, like, you know, she, her swing into the uh, protagonist side of things here could be a huge boon, you know? Yeah, I mean, she'd probably have to be given, like, some sort of like hardcore high tech ankle bracelet like a mm. motherfucker to even be trusted but mm. like at the same time like you know the the more black and white aspects of hero society failed her hardcore mm -hmm. um so like aoyama got redemption sure he didn't murder a lot of people but like i don't know man there's parts of me i'm just like you know, you murdered a lot of people, but I still would like to see you happy. Maybe this is uh, telling on why I, I make bad choices. <laughs> but like, right. Yeah, man. But let's let's get back to the the meat of this because. Yeah, um, I mean, we we get. Um, page I like two, three. the Monoma moment. Well, page two three. What were you gonna say? Oh yeah, page four five. Dobby Monoma. Stuff. Yeah. I was like, I'm the mover and the shaker. Yeah. yeah dude, Mona Mosh. That was cool. He's 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 a little cackling son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yes. Look at his fucking maniacal face. Adorable. <clears throat> what were you gonna say about two or three though? Uh, some Dobby shit. Oh, um something that I noticed in this chapter specifically, um there was an art note uh back on 1415. Suyu's uniform has been updated i saw that as well i was looking at that while With, we were talking uh, about a little this. frog pattern yeah and i i dig that a lot um but the part that i noticed with um let's let's uh with uh dobby is that when you first introduced him at the camp training arc he had the bags under his eyes and like the half mouth yep but the burns have basically covered his entire face now yep, yep. He's slowly being consumed. You can even see on page his ten, chest, eleven, bro. where his chest is eaten the fuck up. Damn, bro, it's wild. And it's just like he is nearly, almost completely consumed by the use of his overcharging his power. Yeah, push past his limits, and then I think that leads into the, like the page eleven, which I thought like ten, eleven were like. Um, all for one makes a really good point he's like you're a cruel man endeavor pitting one for all against Tamura is a deadly knife to dance on but the most brutal part of the scheme has to be forcing your youngest to clean up your own mess no matter how much it pains him and the unceasing abuse towards your eldest child Ooh. and i think that i was like man that's heavy because like um do you remember in like the first season of the animated like 
my hero i think is maybe in second season or so i don't know um let me know in the comments about the big exact details but there was this moment where endeavor was talking about how he wanted to chase all for one and there's like the picture of him standing before the chasm he's like i can do it and then you see him like standing like at kneeling before the chasm like i realized the distance between he and i were too far right and i gave up and tried to like make children that were perfect mm -hmm. to take him to defeat to surpass all might page 11 todoroki is facing the, the giant statue. statue of all might in the last place <laughs> where he had final stand against afo as all might <laughs> And then what's in his way? Dobby. Dobby is the final piece to defeat before Todoroki is going to be considered like the pro completed, right? Like something equal to all for one in that sense. You know what I mean? Like being a true hero and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like he's the last one of the last roadblocks to reaching all for one. And then, like, I love at his feet, you can see the frost, you can see the flame, and then on his back, there is, like, temperature controlling, like, oh. the suit, and there's steam coming out of it, and that is the proper combo of cold and heat. Yeah. Of ice and fire just, like, becoming steam and, like, regulating that temperature, because you can see him breathing out cold as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's oh, definitely... man. He's come a long way. Yeah, the upgrades, man. I dig it. I dig it. It's a really cool thing. Like, Todoroki seems like he's got that point where he's going to be able to use all his power, like, in perfect sync. Both sides. And I want to see some of his, like, battle techniques kind of reflect that. Like, maybe possibly, like, using a combo of hot and cold to create, like, a steam smoke screen. Oh, yeah. That could yeah. Be, that could be a cool application of the uh, ability. I wonder... Creating scalding water. I wonder what Bakugo is going to do. Like, do you think he'll just, like, handle his business? Or do you think he's going to try and go after Deku? Um, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to fight Shigaraki, to be honest. Mm. I feel like he, cause he's, he's been, he's viewed Deku as an obstacle, as a rival, as an equal, mm -hmm. like in that order. Yeah. Like as he's progressed. So like Bakugo is the parallel to Deku of those who have talent and those who do not, or those who have quirks and those who do not. So I think it stands to good reason that Bakugo is going to be the person that fights Tamura and holds the fort down for as long as he can until Monoma scoops up Deku. Hmm. That would be cool to see. And then Deku like comes and Bakugo's like... All fucked up. What took you so long? What you took you so nerd. long, you fucking shitty nerd? Yeah, I dig it. Hell yeah. And um, uh, get back to Aizawa Monoma. You think he's going to go back and pick up that motherfucking erasure real quick? Go help out Bakugo? Uh, probably. 
I mean, they also have, um, there was a guy that looked like Crust. Um, so on page five. Yep. Tail end. So the, the heteromorph calls them mammonists. Um, and it's, Mammon is basically a, a lord of hell that is focused on banking and lending money and gold. And so the idea of mammonists is like, um, it's basically calling them capitalists who mm -hmm. worship. Because like there's a phrase, you can't worship mammon and God at the same time. You can't worship gold and God at the same time. You can't worship money and God at the same time. So calling them mammonists is like, you're capitalist scum, you you worship the value of the dollar, that kind of thing. Um, but he's like impressed, and the guy looks like Crust a little bit, who got killed off by the Nomu. Yep. And he, I think it's his relative. I think it's a relative of Crust's, who's, we even have a strategy to counter that nasty to quick decay quirk. So I feel like he's got like an applique, like 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 crust applied layer stuff that can be killed <clears throat> first. Yeah, maybe he's got the potential like to create layers of crust so fast that like the decay can keep up with the decay, but like the shit that is the scale and the speed of the decay we've seen is that would be hard to imagine. <laughs> it's really fast, so I don't know exactly what their the solution is. If Crust couldn't do it, and like this, all of a sudden his brother comes out the woodwork, like, yeah, I'm colder than Crust. Like Crust was number, well, Crust was number five. So like, where were you I at, mean, bro? Crust, I mean, the guy might simply have like a different form of an application of the quirk. Like we've seen the difference in Dobby and Todoroki. Like Crust probably had harder, more dense, like scales that could be larger, you big enough to use as a shield or big enough to be used as armor to like be good for combat effectiveness whereas his brother was like yeah i can coat things with scales y'all need a painter for like some greco style spanish housing no well i'm just a dude <laughs> i'm just a dude who can cover things in scales i don't know what to tell you guys right so i i wonder if that's gonna be the case um I'm definitely on the edge of my seat to see what the strategy is because the decay quirk is very, very hard so to strong. counter. I mean, it's got to be like erasure, maybe. I don't know. Well, you know, in the previous chapter, he touched, tried to touch the ground and like either twinged from pain or from surprise. And part of me wonders if Star and Stripe's quirk devouring rampage managed to hit decay. And so, like, they planned for the decay. But decay is not an issue. And All for One has been so focused on his own plans that he's just like, yeah, Tomura is fine. He's fine. Don't worry about him. He's just struggling with quirk singularity. Nah, that'd be wild, bro. If his and like, decay quirk got eaten. So hold on. No. Wasn't it implied that it was only going after like the quirks that he had compiled up like under that actual kind of All for One umbrella? And Maybe like, I mean it's the all decay quirks, quirk was right? actually Tomura's originally. I mean, thing is, I had a theory that um, Tomura's original quirk may not have been decay, and it was something that all for one forced, like secretly planted on him. 
to cause that destruction of his family. Like, like, because we all know that, like, All for One groomed Tamura. So wouldn't that be something if he just, like, swapped out his quirk for something else? You find out he's quirkless, bro. He was quirkless. And All for One was like, nah, you're, you're, you're the... The you're grand, you're the grandson. You know what I'm saying? Of because he immediately found him after he destroyed his family, right? Yeah, like, you're like immediately you're the... found him. Yeah. Like all for one planned that. I feel like his quirk wasn't originally decay, or it was nudged in a way to produce decay. Like, damn. Because like all for one's all about like. The exploration of like what quirks can do and evolve with their hosts so like i i could see him taking a quirk that is dangerous planting it on a child that's in a volatile home situation and he uses in self-defense and then you know uses that leverages that trauma becomes his caretaker all this other stuff and to cultivate the quirk and eventually cultivate the next host for himself Bruh. So, like, maybe that quirk is eaten by Star and Stripes because it was a plant by All for One. That's that's what I'm getting at. Yo, oh my god, there's just so much that just blew my mind. So, like, oh my god, dude. If he fucking gave him Decay, like, if Shigaraki was originally quirkless and he gave him Decay because he was fucking, um, what's-her-name's grandson... Mm-hmm. And it was all a plot to like destroy get that family at one for all and like destroy that family and fucking fuck with All Might because like of who Shigaraki is to him. He's like, yo, your mentor, grandson. <laughs> and it's a mind fuck. It would be it would be a great vessel for him to have because then he'd be like, "Could you strike down Nana Shimura's grandson?" Exactly, that's that the kind whole of thing. Because he even threw that in his face <clears throat> at one point. Um, yeah, can you strike him down? I like your idea that like Tamura was originally quirkless because we talk about how Deku was the only person that could the- really inherit the current generation of All for One, the current level of All for One because he had no quirk and was able to be filled up without exploding. So would that logic hold true for Tamura? He, like all for one, needed a quirkless person to be his next vessel so that he didn't get overloaded by all the quirks that he's stolen. Hmm. I feel like that tracks. Yeah, that that could track. Like, oh man, that would just be so wild. And then like, Bruh, if fucking Decay is gone, damn, but then he still that's... has all of these other. He still has like God knows how many other quirks and can just do random shit. Yo, because I mean, Noxie, Nox was saying in that chapter that like he stopped and didn't use Decay because he was like yelling at Dobby to stop. Yeah, but like, man, if he was like. It's I ain't not, got the K. If he was like, yo, it's not about to work. I don't got it. Oh my god. What? Yeah, it'd be like doing like a muscle reflex of a thing and then not being able to throw the ball. Like, that'd be so fucking weird, right? Like, you'd be like, uh, yeah. Uh. If he lost the K, I need him to use it. I like, I, 
this is definitely a possibility in my mind now until we see him use it for sure because we haven't seen him use it since he decayed Star and Strike. That was the last time we saw him use that it. That was right? the very last instance. He's never Dude. used it since. He hasn't fought since, but he still hasn't used it since. And like when he's like, you know, Tetsuo raging and becoming a, a goop monster, he didn't decay the environment around him. So like maybe, I don't know, like it's 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 out there out there pretty bad um damn i mean nox's nox's uh like justification was that he stopped it but he like he didn't he chose not to use it because dobby kind of jumped in front of him mm -hmm. and he didn't want to like collat damage him like yeah you know, which which is, is also bad tracks you know like right because it's a large aoe like indiscriminate decaying anybody who it touches type ability but yeah it did it just felt weird to me like that interaction you know that, like I said, that kind of tracked, but I did have something like a nagging thought in the back of my head. Now you brought that shit up, man. What if he lost it, dude? I'm so invested in this already. <laughs> I want to. I want to know, dude. He's got to use it. I he's got to use it, or like, or explicitly state that he doesn't have it because I'm so. Just I want to know right now at this point. <laughs> I can't wait for next next week. Uh, or maybe they're stuff. talking about like. Because they bring him to this sky fortress. What if it's made out of a substance yeah. that cannot be decayed? Um, like like stainless steel is is a is pretty much immune to like corrosion and shit. Ooh, and that's why Best Genus is there because he's manipulating threads a giant net of stainless steel fibers. Damn. And I do like that they have Tamura trapped on. Is that UA Skyforce? Is that UA or Shiketsu? It's UA because he says on page twelve and thirteen, he's like, "Oh, UA, UA? what's yeah. going on?" I so. do love that it's a giant floating fortress. That's a great final destination boss fight in the <laughs> zone. I I dig it so much, um, and like the fact that the school was considered a safe haven, and then they turned the school into a battle zone, leaving all the civilians below on the earth ground and like safe. And then as it's floating, it just floats away towards a place that's, like, depopulated. Yeah. I dig it. So you wonder, like, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, where did they go with All for One? It looks like they just uh, went they, out into the wilderness somewhere. They took um, Gunga Villa, where uh, oh, Gigantomachia yeah, went yeah, yeah. crazy. Yep, yep. You can yep. still see, like, the demolished areas where he just, like, took out Gigantomachia went ham yeah 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 for sure hell yeah dude this is uh man great chapter of fucking my hero bro great setup chapter i cannot wait can't Four wait to more see days, yeah can't wait to see what monomaj play is like he's going back to aizawa what is he going back for is he gonna pick up shinso is he gonna get erasure quick is he gonna, is he gonna go... pick up lamillion Is yeah, where is Muriel coming back? Yeah. Where is Muriel? He has his quirk. We've seen him. Like, but he still needs to practice with it too. Like, I don't think so. Cause he came out all of a sudden. He was whooping ass. He popped out the ground. He was like, "Bat, bat, mm -hmm. I'm back, bitch!" Ah, and yeah, this would be a good. Where time. is he? This... We need him. I mean, <laughs> I think it'd be good to have those people in like reserve. Like Aizawa and Muriel are like fantastic. Um 
like quirks and existences. And so I like the idea of keeping them in reserve, Monoma going back and then reviewing the situation and then having Aizawa make the call like, hey, we need to go here. Yeah, and like, so well, shit, Aizawa they're, can't fight pretty they're much. the strike team, right? They're the strike team. I can't be touched, but I'm a physical beast. And then I shut down quirks and then Monoma teleports them to different areas based on what they need. Well, Aizawa said he pretty much can't use his quirk because he's blinded uh, one eye, like his one eye got fucked. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yeah, my quirk's pretty much effectively useless." Yeah, but so I, I wonder. But he, can do it he could have a quirk evolution, I think, and he'd be, be able to do it with one eye. Mm, I think it'd be interesting if he did like a like um. He builds like this like self lubricating contact, like a like a hero tool. So like 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 a mechanical manual kind of thing because that one dude manual is like using water to like rinse his eye to keep mm. him from blinking. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder cool. like I don't know. You I wonder if Aizawa is like I just I don't want him to be out of the story as far as like combat you know like he could yeah. be the tactician that could be a tight role for him, but. I don't know. I just, I just love Erasure, and I love his combat style. I want to see him I in think, the fights. I think it's going to be a strike, strike team, like a small squad strike team. You have Shinzo, you have Eraserhead, you have Mirio, and then Monoma. Tight four-man squad, bouncing back and forth, and Monoma would have to go back and re-up on his warp quirk from Kurugiri because he can only do it for so long, right? So he can re-up on the thing, and they basically go there. Aizawa can do bursts, small, small window bursts of erasure, and then also make tactical calls. Shinzo can, like, do his brainwashing stuff to, like, really slow people down, control them, pacify them. Mirio is a great physical beast. Monoma is the, the transport. So those four would bounce from place to place and then re occasionally re reconnoiter back Kurigiri, re-up on the warp, and then go to the next zone while he's making these calls. Mm -hmm. So I like it's um, uh, high speed small, <clears throat> small size hit squads to like help create tactical advantages. I think that's going to be the case for Eraserhead and Co. Yeah, what if they, oh man, what if they're just constantly, like you said, like, he can use the quirk how many times, he said five? Five times per copy? Um, he does it for like so many minutes. I thought it was probably. Oh, uh, no. Either because, way. Because uh, during could... the, during the um, sports tournament, right. he had pocket watches. He had a bunch of pocket, he had three different pocket watches at his hip. And so it could, t and he had like a couple of watches on his wrist and he could copy like three, three powers, but he could only do it for so long. So he would copy it and then he'd click the like watch and he would know how long he had. Hmm. So yeah, <clears throat> we could definitely see, like you said, him bouncing around, keeping an eye on that time limit, going back, re-upping on the warp so he can continue to like, it would be tight to see him just like, to keep the villain, you know, the antagonist forces uh, kind of on the on the back foot and just mm -hmm. really keep things fresh on him and keep him from fully adapting to any given, like, um, battle, you know, or, or squad. He could just keep repositioning people, like, say, 
he takes fucking Hawks from the the all for one fight, puts him over here with Shigaraki. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Puts one person from over here into there. Kind of keeps just shuffling people around to keep that, you know, just that. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just keeping them on their toes. Keeping them on, Change, trying to keep them on their shifting toes. The shifting, yeah, the, shifting the balance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like someone's got to pick up Deku. Yeah. So I feel like that's gonna happen. And what if? Deku asks a question like don't you want to be happy and she answers yes and that's when the brainwashing hits because it was Shinzo using Deku's voice Mm. and that's how they get her to calm down and capture her without killing her that'd be wild I don't know it's an idea um yeah yeah, I think that's, that's that's I think that's it for this chapter. This is a lot of people. I love the little cameos. Yep. Um uh I like that the wild wild pussycats are fighting all for one because he stole Ragdoll's quirk. Fuck I yeah, like yeah. that Endeavor and Hawks are coming back to Gunga Village, a Gunga Villa, because that was like the site of their defeat. Like I like that Shigaraki should have been a regular kid who could have gone to school. He's going to UA, you know? So, like, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Oh, Tokoyami's on the... Oh, shit. Tokoyami's with Endeavor against All for One. And Kamui Woods. Yeah. Um, but like that makes sense because Kamui Woods can manipulate trees. He can create larger, vast swaths of forest to like give advantageous terrain. Um, and then uh, the wild wild pussycats can do their thing where they create like earth beasts. They can create the earth beasts, and Tokoyami can use the forest as a place to build up shadow. Yeah. Hell yeah! I'm about it. I'm, I can't wait to see where things go, man. Oh, it's such so an exciting. exciting time of my hero right now, and just so climactic, riveting. It's the climax. Hell yeah! But I think that about does it for this week's chapter of my hero. Mm-hmm. Same. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the last chapter of the night, the Peace de l'Existence. Chapter 1041 of And we get this fire color cover, not color cover, but color, the fuck, cover story. One, two, punch. (laughs) Cover story. Um, Further, you know, kind of expounding on what's going on with Niji and Yonji on Whole Cake Island. They're still imprisoned within the book and Pudding is kind of just giving them a little bit of punishment for... The their, works. their treatment of Sanji. You know what I'm saying? Is this a color page? Because they're going to be black and blue. <laughs> Yo, that's funny as fuck. Hey. Um, but getting into the events of the chapter, we we go straight into some like this Zunisha shit. You know, just more kind of like a little bit of like Dick T's information on it. Like Momo saying like, yeah, I had a conversation with, with Zunisha. She's awaiting my orders. And now she's saying like, I'm here to join the fight, you know what I'm saying? Which is actually crazy because Zunisha is like doesn't speak. I mean, not. Well, it's not. I, I guess really? that's not really where I was going with it. I was just saying she is quite an imposing force. 
you know, because she can just basically like whap, whap any mm. ships off the water. I don't know what kind of damage she can do to people like on land. So much. It'd be wild if we saw her like step up out of the ocean, like ah, onto Wano and like fuck <laughs> bat Kaido off the roof of their trunk. That'd be crazy. That's not going to happen. Don't flame me. But <laughs> comments, calm down. His fucking, his dialogue. Where is it? 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 Um, page three. Uh, After yeah. reading Father's it's Journal, heavy. I learned why it is so important I must not die. Um, no, actually starting on page two with Yamato. That's incredible, Momonosuke. You can talk to the elephant. It's just as Odin anticipated. You are the one who will guide the world to the dawn. After reading Father's Journal, I learned why it's so important I must not die. Uh, he's talking about how Odin tore a page out, <clears throat> the final page, that actually detailed what it was on Laugh Tale that they laughed at, um, which obviously tracks, you know, teasing information that we want, Always. as Oda does. Um, but it was cool to, to have him kind of sit there and question, like, what did he see on Laughdale? Like, I don't understand what the goal is. Like, he wasn't a prophet. If he were still alive now, would he still say the same shit he did back then? I don't understand. Like, what am I supposed to do here? It makes sense that he would be having this conflicted... Um, He's a good kid. Just dichotomy in his head and, like, uh, struggle. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm eight years old. I'm eight fucking mm -hmm. years old. What would he have done? Um... And then he says, like, am I simply a coward, you know? Mm -hmm. Which um, I, which kind of triggers something in Yamato, and I feel like she might have an idea of what to do next. Like, what if I don't want to open the borders? And then does that mean she's going to use Onigashima to shut down the border by dropping it on it? Hmm. I don't know. This is an idea. I don't really know. I've never been good at like predicting anything that Oda does, to be honest. It's it's more like, huh, this is happening. Fuck. I mean you're right though, like it does um spark like kind of ding like a light bulb moment when he says that and asks her that, you know, that that question, a light bulb kinda goes off with Yamato. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, you wonder what idea they got <clears throat> and what, you know, what they're kind of about to say next. Huh. I didn't, I guess I didn't even really pick up on that. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure. Next page, 4-5. Raizo beats Fukurokuju, which yep. is awesome. Confirmed. And the yep. fact that he's, like, been screaming to himself, telling himself it's not hot yeah it's like boom jimbei comes for the scoop jimbei comes up and like puts him out mm -hmm. hits him with the fishman karate puts him out like yeah what are you doing mm -hmm. why are you on fire what the fuck's on what what's going on here why are you not running from the fire bro <laughs> uh no reason <laughs> there was a reason uh i do love that like they keep going and this part with Orochi and, like, mm -hmm. Hiori is intense. Yep. Major section. Orochi freaking out, basically, like, where is Fukurokujo? He doesn't know. He's, like, out of there. 
Komorosaki going hard on the on the um, on the Misashi is what it's, what it's called, right? No, it's called the um, the Shamisen. I don't know why I said yeah, Misashi. Shamisen, yeah. What the fuck? Um, so she's going hard on the Shamisen, and it was tight as fuck. Her dialogue to him. I don't know. It's I guess it's just kind of coincidence that the roof falls on him, right? Is that how you took it, or was that like a? I think that it was poetic justice. The idea of like him being trapped by like his empire kingdom crumbling around him, you know, it's like you know you killed a man and you lived in his house, but you didn't maintain that house, and so it crumbles around you. Well, she's like, it's kind of the vibe that I picked up from that. She's like, you were so stunned you never even noticed, huh? And then she's like, I used nails of sea prism stone to ensure you could not turn into that monster. So, what? Oh, she basically like snuck nails on him while he was like cuddling up to her is what I picked up. Not like nails and like architecture, but like yeah. She basically like got him. She basically snuck Steve Prism on his person so that he couldn't get hmm. that, and now he's trapped underneath thing with Sea Prism on his person. That's um, just so weird because I don't know. It just doesn't track. Like we never saw. I don't know. Some if somebody uh, can, actually, if somebody can remind me of a moment where she did like slip a nail into his pocket or some shit, like I would appreciate the reminder because I don't remember that happening, and it it feels a little jarring when when we get a a statement like that with no real explanation on what the fuck it actually means. Like, because this rubble falls on him, she's talking about nails. That implies like. Did you build a fucking subfloor with C prism nails and like plan for oh. it to fall on him like God to your foresight death note type shit? Or is it like you said, you know, I, I used nails of C prism stone like slipped it into your pocket and it was low key just weakening you a little bit just enough to where you can't transform. Another idea that I had was um and uh comment section, I'm gonna rely on you on this, okay, to confirm this theory for me. Her fingernails. Like art, like fake fingernails of sea prism stone that she like slowly, because she was like you know taking care of him and like you touching him. So like, what if she was like popping off fake nails of sea prism stone onto yeah. his person? That could be because there's like a little zoom in on page seven where she's like, strangely enough, the song that you love, Moon Princess. You zoom in on her hand, she doesn't have, like, you don't see any sharp fingertips. Mm -hmm. But, and I don't remember whether or not that happened to be the thing, but, like, I would, I, would, I think it would be very, very interesting to see. I think that'd be very interesting if that was the case, because it would, it would be fitting for, like, a courtesan to have fake fingernails and, like, the idea of, like, using a cosmetic that is normally purely for decoration in like an assassination style type thing i think that would be very cool and that like all this time she was using her beauty as a weapon because that was the weapon she had yeah she's she's a skillful manipulator 
um, in addition to being like a really good um, musician. Hell yeah. Oh, and the final like climactic portion of that you know bit of the chapter where <clears throat> he's like yo what the fuck um she's like yeah yeah i fucking pinned you down bitch like so you couldn't pin in that turn in that monster and he's like oh i thought you loved me whatever and she's like nah i ain't got no affection you gotta for be your joking ass and he's like that song you love that's my dad's favorite song my my deceased father Kozuki Odin and he's like huh and she's like how could it put a smile on my face and you're like damn the whole time she's wearing the mask she's like weeping underneath it as she's playing the song that's that just kind of slapped for me that hit hard mm. and that art yeah. of Orochi's face man when he when it dawns on him bro oh man oh he's fucked the he's well and good fucked and I just need her to pull out Ame no Habakiri and just decapitate his bitch ass for real. Dude, his that would head's be so in the good. perfect position for it, sticking right out of that rubble, neck mm-hmm. fucking exposed. She's about to just whip that bitch out and say, Long live Kozuki. You ain't regenerating from this. This is for Kozuki Odin. Yeah, long live the this Kozuki clan, bitch, yo. And oh, I, man. I, ah, man, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Um, I mean, that's what I've wanted the whole time, just because like the lore fits. Ame no Habakiri is the mm-hmm. sword that was used to slay the Yamato Norochi, and so oh. it just it just tracks like all around, and it would fit really well for her, in my opinion, to be the one that does it to him. You know, I don't know. Might not make a lot of sense as far as like. You know, she may not be that skilled with the blade, but at the same time, Orochi is the type of person that could get his head cut off by somebody who's not that mm-hmm. skilled, especially in a position like well, this. I love that, like, he wasn't killed by a warrior. He wasn't killed by a pirate. He was killed by a trophy that he kept around and underestimated the entire time. Mm-hmm. A civilian, effectively. Yes. And I'm so happy that she got, like, a civilian is the one that, like, takes him down. Yeah. And, like, masterfully takes him down. Yeah, dude. So I I'm really happy about that. Cannot wait to see the next bit of that of that portion because I, uh, I, just, need him, I just need her to lop his fucking head off. That would be so hype, dude. If she just, mm-hmm. like... Pulls the fucking, like, I mean, Habakiri, like, out from behind the shamisen. Like, it was on the back the whole time. And just, yeah! Oh, man. But, yeah, this bit uh, this bit with Izo and CP0 was really, really... That was cool. That really, was cool, really cool as hell. As well. like, I mean, like, CP0's always been hyped up. So, yeah. like, Izo doing that much work? Pretty cool. He took two of them down already, right? Like in this in this very um, first took... panel we get of him, he like trades a shot with this dude. They both get smacked, and then he like falls. And it looks yeah, like he took it also shows. He took down another... one for sure. He wounded the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was always those two dudes. But he got the big one that was carrying around like the big mask, and then the one eyed one he wounded pretty badly. Yeah. And then he gets the whole 
the elders have issued the edict, take out Luffy. He's like, I don't even want to fight them during this moment. Like, I... And they're like, no, doesn't matter. Just do it. And I like that Drake is still alive and possibly, like, going to jump in and, like, help out. Like, Drake might do that, like, final stand kind of thing, doing the right thing. Oh, yeah, Drake Rebelling against the government. Drake jumping in for show. Drake about to jump in for Mm -hmm. sure. He's hearing, overhearing this stuff for sure. And then we get Izo just thinking, like, what is it about that crew? No, I thought it was, um... I thought it was the CP0 questioning what is it about that crew. You know what I mean? I thought it Because he seems like... unconscious. Like, Izo looks unconscious. Or dead. So I oh, thought it was... you thought uh, that, that, that bubble was just in that panel, but yeah. it actually leads For back CP0, to the yeah. yeah. Because he's, like, hearing, it's like, though it's a scenario we only know through rumors and hearsay... We don't want this to happen. And he's like, what is it about this crew that, like, causes people to panic all the time? Yeah, and that was another bit of, like, cryptic dialogue that kind of just is mysterious, man. Like, these orders are meant to prevent the worst-case scenario, you understand. Though it's a scenario we only know about through rumor and hearsay. Mm -hmm. It's like, what does that mean? Does that imply to the greater, like, overarching story? With like yeah, I think One it does. Piece, like I think Rick, it should. Uh, 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 Anika, shit like that, like Joy Boy, or like a way I took it as it could possibly be like they heard a rumor that the Straw Hat fleet is converging on Wano right now. You know what I'm saying? That that could be mm. a hype, you know, a hype thing to happen. But I also thought like with it being the world government talking about it, it definitely could be you know linked to more of that overarching like. Nika, Sun God, like Joy Boy, uh, Void Century type um, stuff. Where they're like hearing rumors now that, okay, this dude's seeming a little too much like Joy Boy. You know what I'm saying? We gotta gotta get rid of him. (laughs) We gotta get him out of here. Mm -hmm. Man. And I I like that. It's gonna be tricky because like Kaido versus Luffy is such a big fight. Like, yeah. I understand that he's got like near limitless stamina, but damn, you know. Yeah. Um. I mean, briefly before, like, I guess we get to that. You know, we get to these final last three bits. You know, here. Um, this is Usopp with Kiku. And Conjuro, not Conjuro, mm-hmm. uh, Kinemon, on the back yeah. of the giraffe guy. Hamlet. Taking him to, you know, safety, you know, medical aid, presumptuously. And then we get the bit with Frankie picking up Zoro. And, uh, with the extendo arm. The non-responding Zoro just, like, slumped out. He's probably, he's not dead, obviously, I don't think. You know, he may be uh, conquering the Grim Reaper right on now. On death's door fighting the grim reaper right now like i ain't dying in his head it ain't my time to die i'll fucking square up with you right now what do we say to the go to death and then we got this this bit with big mom i guess not big mom but like zeus nami the big mom info where it's like being announced Mm -hmm. like 
damn, they got her. Like, Big Mom was defeated by Kid and Law. And we get this little bit with Zeus where he's like, Mama, you know? Where yeah. even though he, like, is fond of Nami and she treats him better, like, that still, still. is that still is his mom. That's that's yeah, him. You know, she is, he is a part of her soul, you know? So that, mm. that was just like, damn, man. Damn. Zeus, man. And I love Big Mom. She's one of my favorite characters, man. So, yeah. Melancholy for me to see her get beat too, but like obviously super hype. Man, I like uh Law's kind of thing. It's like if a man who emerges from the fight is Kaido, I I ain't got shit. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all bounds too. And then I like the tears in the beer page on page fifteen, uh, where fifteen, you're so young. This is your first team team up with rocks. Don't trust him, he's a scoundrel. If you have any trouble, just tell me. I'm Linlin, and I'm going to be king of the sea. Yeah. And, like, young Big Mom doing well for themselves, like. Yeah, that hit for me. I'm like, damn. When when he's like, yeah, did you sense that? Like, they've, they've gone and done it now. Linlin lost, and he just, like, fucking. And, yeah, that that little flashback actually did, was, was really nice for me. I'm like, damn. It's really cool, because, like, um one of the things like that always kind of threw me was like big mom had so many kids and so many husbands and i'm like how <laughs> but now i'm seeing like her younger self and i'm like all right i get it people were like you're bad mm-hmm. yeah dude it's pathos man fuck god damn it so luffy goes <laughs> yeah. um you know gear four and i thought yo the art on this panel does he not look like fucking Tiger Man? Like, I swear, I was like, yo, are we getting Tiger Man right now? I was like, this is probably Snake Man. But just the way his face looked in that, you know, bottom left panel of page 15. Oh, yeah. It kind of looked like Tiger Man, dude. I'm like, yo. Honestly, I really liked the idea because um, the way his face is set up, it's very um, Fujin versus Raijin right like like kaido is fujin and luffy is raijin because when he does the gum gum hydra his attacks snake and zigzag like lightning Mm -hmm. it's they are the two storm gods fighting each other for as hard as they can which is like i think that's so cool i love that classical style like influence and symbolism in there hell yeah that is dope that's a that's a cool tie-in for sure because now that you point that out, they definitely do look like lightning strikes, like your stereotypical kind of depiction of a lightning strike when they're coming at him. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. And like the little kind of like cape of clouds kind of thing. Yep. Um, pretty solid. And then uh, it's just it's just really cool. I like it, especially since like Kaido's thing is like, oh, I can control these clouds and stuff because I'm a dragon. So like him being Fujin and having a temperament that can flip on a switch like the wind is uh pretty solid and then luffy just being direct fast hitting hard temperamental storm like storm like temperament it's really nice i like it a lot yeah and luffy's dialogue too on the last pa- on the last page um you know after kaido was like just after we swore an oath to claim the one piece together like she went and got beaten luffy throws the, the snake man hydra at him 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he uh, and he's like, your ambitions mean nothing to me, especially if it leaves the pe- uh, people here with no food to eat. Like, mm, like, just quit talking your shit. I don't care about your dreams. We're squared up right now. <laughs> it's a ranger like, reject this is moment. A fight. This like... is a fight between pirates, bro. Like, I'm. This ain't no no. This ain't what's cool happening. motivation. Don't give a shit. <laughs> don't give a fuck, dude. You've been pissing me off this whole fucking arc. You've been starving these people, making them sick. You killed, you know, like, nah, you're out of here, G. You're done. Get fucked. And then he says, this is my final gear four, but I'm not stopping until I completely run out of strength. So we can assume, you know, this is probably going to be the last stretch of the fight here. Beat Um, him to death. Who knows how long it could stretch, you know. Uh, It could go 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 stretch. You know, we yeah, we've seen we've seen one piece pacing, so we know. You know, this, yeah. this last year for this last thirty minutes or fifteen minutes or however long, ten minutes, I forget the exact time frame. I'm fairly sure it's thirty or twenty. But, you know, this twenty minutes could be a fucking six month ordeal. <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit, dude. I mean, this series is like sixteen years old, it's almost able to legally vote. Like, oh, shit, no, One Piece? Shit, going One on Piece, right? 30. 30? Yes, yes. I, I mean, it might even be more than 30. I, no, it's, its debut was 90. It's going on 30. Just had its 25th anniversary like a couple of years ago. 25th? Oh, my God. It can rent a car. Yeah, Fuck. because it was, it's, it was serialized, I think, 96 or 97 oh man yeah because i remember reading it when i was a kid yeah it'd be like 20 something years because i remember i was reading it in like middle school and shit so that's still wild to me i think that's crazy uh let's see but that's heavy like the whole thing is like your ambitions mean nothing to me was such a like um a foot soldier D from Ranger Reject moment where like, I'm so and so and I'm doing this for this reason. He's like, shut up. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Alright. 97. So yeah. Same energy. Oh, 97? Nine, so 70. That's wild. So 27 years younger than me. Years this year. Yeah, 25. So yeah, the 25th anniversary will be this year, I think, right? Mm, yeah. July 22nd of, of 20, 2022. Yeah, because I'm 31. Like that's wild so fucking mm-hmm. wild but um sanity yeah i'm gonna drive you out of wano if it's the last thing i do super fucking hype man and like two I yonko are like, about to fall sorry continue and two yonko are about to rise mm. um but like i love i love that for luffy that like He's like, not like, I'm going to achieve my dreams. He's like, no, I'm going to drive you out of Wano. You've hurt these people enough. And that's his, like, driving motivation to there. Like, that's that's a good guy thing. I love that. I mean, that's, sure. that's truly heroic. He's like, nah, these people need to eat. And that's, that's another funny thing about Luffy is, like, he's not exactly a hero per se, but, like, in, in ways he is, but it's just, like, more so empathy. You know, like, literally his motivation... Basic human decency. His motivation is that, like you said, like, he wants these people to be... Like, people deserve to eat. He's like, I love food. If I couldn't eat, I would hate life. These people deserve mm-hmm. to eat good food and not poisoned-ass bullshit. That's, like, 
it's basically his motivation basic for this. human stuff yeah. also that you know obviously his oath to momonosuke and shit but you know what further drove you know that um he's like i want to free these people from the plague that is you yeah exactly exactly so he's like he's a hero but not a hero it's weird you know yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't like to be a hero, but he acts like he's one. a heroic person. Yes, not a hero. He's yes, a pirate. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. But yeah, I don't know. I think. Um, I think that's about all I had for this episode. This chapter. That's it for me. One Piece here. All right. Well, that'll do it for this chapter of One Piece, and that'll do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did. Be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel for more fire weekly content. These are coming every week from back to back to back to back. So make sure you comment section down below. <laughs> make sure you comment section down below. Hit us in there down below. Let us know what you thought of this week, the chapters, any you know points you thought we missed or any questions we asked that you can answer. Please do chop it up with us down there. And while you're down there, Take a look in that description box where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the show like our Patreon or our online store. And with all those words said, this will be another fantastic episode of the Project Manga Podcast wrapping up. I'm your host, Eagle. And I'm Mellow Yenis. Peace!